Before we dive into this week's episode of Intoxicated, the return of Intoxicated, I want to give the biggest thank you ever to every single person who donated to the Intoxicated Relaunch GoFundMe. This new and improved version of the podcast would not have been possible without you. So again, thank you so much for supporting this relaunch, and I hope you enjoy Intoxicated 2.0. Oh, hey, internet. Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed side girl. Every week, I dive into who people really are, the good, the bad, and everything in between. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey, internet. I feel like I need epic music playing over this. Welcome back to the Intoxicated Podcast. It's been a while, but we are back. And normally I do these intros alone, but I'm not alone not alone anymore. I have a partner in crime. I have a co-producer who I'm going to bounce off of and I'm going to stop being awkward in intros because they're my least favorite part. But going forward, I've decided I want them to be fun. I want them to be natural. So I'm going to bring in my co-producer, Sarah Nicole. Here she is. She's a, a real person. I'm real. She has a face and a she's a human. I have a heart. She is here to Got to help blood. me out. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like this is so crazy. This is the first intro that and this is like the fifth time trying me trying to do an intro. But we're here and we're in it now. Got it. Got it. We are in it now. Um welcome to the podcast. I guess Thank you. you did a bonus episode with me. But this is your first time as co-producer on camera yeah, in an it's intro. Good. It's good. I like it. Yeah. So thank you for having me. Thank well, you for letting me be a co-producer on this beautiful podcast. It's a lot of power for one person to have. Love it. Though. How does that make you feel? <laughs> really intimidated, but like really good. As an Aquarius, I love that. Oh my gosh. An Aquarius and a Pisces Taurus rising. It's a big fucking a shit show. <laughs> it's a shit show. But I mean, we are so excited to be back. This is this has been a long time coming. We've been doing a lot of work behind the scenes. Um and we're kinda we're still figuring things out as we go. You know? That's the glory of a relaunch though. We're always figuring shit out. It's the glory of the relaunch. And I never really liked doing the intros alone. I was always just like, you know. This is the guest, and this is what we talked about, and here's all the plugs. And it, it was just, I hate, I dreaded, I used to dread doing intros. So going forward, these intros are going to be a little thunner. We're going to have some banter. We're going to talk about our weeks, you know. Get like into the nitty gritty some, of everything. Some nitty gritty. We hope to, you know, answer listener questions, voicemails, stuff like that uh, in these as well. You know, just to kind of keep you guys updated about what's going on with us. Because the main episode is all about the guest. But 
Sometimes I like to talk about me, and, and me. Sarah also likes to talk about her. I like to talk about everybody, so. So it's been a busy time, a busy week. So I just got, I got done a, like a week of shows, comedy shows, and photo shoot for the podcast as well. By the time you're hearing this, you will have seen the cover art. Hmm. I can only assume it's iconic. It is. Oh, yeah. Hell, yeah. Just based on the proofs, it was iconic. Um, so it's been it's been a busy time. And I've been overwhelmed, if I'm honest. Really? <laughs> I've been very I, overwhelmed. And Sarah has been my sounding board during this time. Not overwhelmed at all. What? Oh. What's it been like for you being in the eye of the storm? It's been fine. I mean, I've been in worse storms. <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> so it's good. I like it. There's nowhere else I'd rather be. Oh, that's than good. In the eye of a storm. I'm glad that you're like embracing your role. You know, thank as you, co-producer. So, yeah. yeah, it's been it's been insane, and it's so strange because we came out of a lockdown, and the lockdown was very boring, and there was, was nothing not going on, and then lockdown. all of a sudden things are back, and it's like. When things come back, they come back for you. Like, you're like, I'm good. I'm not doing anything. And then all of a sudden, you're like, I am so busy. I, I don't know what to do with myself. And people never want to hang out with you until you're busy. It's This is truly the case. And it's the case for me. Like, I, I was, like, begging people on Instagram stories to hang out. You know, like, like during lockdown. Like, I mean, I know Please, we were in lockdown. But you know what I mean. Friend. Like, when it was okay to hang out outside, I was begging people. Um, And then, you know, now that things are open... It's like shows are back. You know, we're recording again. Um, and it's you just see real people it's a lot. now. It's weird. It's, it's very so strange. Weird. It's, it's weird strange. being back comedy. It's weird. Like, it's weird talking to people. Yeah. I, I never realized how I forgot to talk because I just wasn't talking. Well, as a socially anxious person, like, I don't know how to talk anyways. But, like, now everybody's <laughs> like that. So I'm, I'm cool with this. I'm like, you don't know what to say either. This is amazing. You're like, this is chill. This yeah. is very chill. This is exactly how I want the world to be always. No offense to anybody out there. We had a very emotional graveyard walk last night. I've been going through some stuff. And I have been realizing things about myself recently that aren't the prettiest things um you know we both know like when you're on self-discovery mode it's you dig deep and like you find things that aren't the best (laughs) sometimes that's how you grow that's That's how you grow that's that's where the growth comes from so that's where the growth comes from and like we went out last night to a comedy show and i was just like kind of going going through it i was just going through it essentially (laughs) we were home from beerly's and sarah was just like you want to talk and i was just like i was doing the ugly cry thing of like (gasps) yes please here's how it went for me i was like sarah we're at a comedy show sarah's laughing really loud sarah's crying sarah should probably come home sarah do you want to go for a walk let's go for a walk (laughs) let's go for a walk in the darkest place that we know of the graveyard and we aren't one to spread conspiracy theories or anything but i did just get my moderna shot so that's what i'm blaming (laughs) i got emotional on my moderna shot too so my second dose i i I fully. I don't know what it is. It is. Yeah, I got so emotional. There's just a lot going on, and you know, I'm gonna dive into that in the podcast somehow. I don't know how, but probably in like multiple episodes. Probably get bits and pieces. It's kind of stuff that I do need to tiptoe around in terms of, you know, 
how I say things. But, um, yeah, we had a graveyard walk and I vented to you and we walked around. It was dark. It was very, it was very dark, dark, but like also we could still see it yeah. was very strange. Like we could still see where we were it going like in a haunted house when like it's dark, but like you can, you know, what's happening. Yeah. yeah. You can see. Yeah. Night vision pops in and you're like, oh, but it's actually well lit. It's not actually my night vision. It, it truly, it was so nice too to just like be fully honest about like what was going on Yeah, and like have you just be like not judgy about it because the stuff i was talking about was like i mean a little deep-rooted shit deep-rooted shit yeah but i'm glad you got that out there because it's important to get that shit out and like it's important to talk about it because that's just gonna bottle up and then you're gonna end up exploding i don't want you to explode i kind of like you so thank you so much yeah well i'm glad to have you on board i'm glad to have you as a sounding board and a friend <laughs> above a, all else a friend you're a friend. Of course. Uh, but, like, you're going to be helping me on this podcast journey. And, guys, like like I said, we're, we're going to try to get voicemails, questions from you guys. In fact, I think we have a voicemail to play on this first ah. intro. Oh. So we're going to play that right now. And uh, this is from, oh, my gosh, it's like someone also named Sarah. Oh, my God. So weird. So bizarre. It's just such a common name. So let's hear it. This is the a voicemail from a listener named Sarah. Hmm. Hey, Sarah and Intoxicated. Uh, I'm so glad you're coming back. It's so exciting that I'm wondering what you have planned for this new version of intoxicated what can we expect uh in terms of episode format guests and all of that i want to know you rock and you're really really gorgeous and so is your co-producer also named sarah stop it sarah you're all awesome Sarah, you're awesome. There you have it. Oh my gosh. Okay. What do we have stored? What do we have planned? Guys, we have so much planned. I mean, there's a lot planned. I think the main thing is is new guests. Yeah. New different types of guests. We're gonna do okay. a little bit of everything. We're gonna be versatile. We are gonna be versatile. We have some sort of pre-formatted segments you'll notice in in the show i do think that you know it's kind of cool to open with what i assume about the guest because it instantly goes into perception and i find the idea of perception very interesting you know how we perceive ourselves on social media versus who we actually are so the sort of plan is to open with assumptions uh and get that going and like kind of bust that myth right away uh busted or i guess supported i i guess if it is if it is a true assumption um that could that could be the case and also rants because i love a rant so good rant too and it's a good way for someone to open up to and like break like ice break ice icebreaker 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 icebreaker. and i truly do think that like people bond over what we hate (laughs) what we what's annoying us and also, if the person disagrees, it's a really interesting conversation to have. So, yeah, love, love a good rant. Yeah. So the rant and the assumptions will be at the front. Then we're going to get into the interview and the interview really like it's it's tough for me to like say in like 
a few words what this podcast is but really truly I want to get to the bottom of like who people are I want to uncover you know people's insecurities because I think we're gonna have people on this show that are doing such cool things and we see people doing cool things we assume they're perfect and they're not so I want to uncover that um I really just want to get to the root of people so it's it's going to be a dive into the personal lives of you know these amazing colorful awesome people that we're bringing on uh so we're still gonna we're still gonna get comedians don't worry comedians are gonna be always a go-to because they're great talkers yeah absolutely but interesting as well i'm essentially just gonna have on whoever i think is doing cool shit has something cool to say um we're gonna we're gonna go into topics that you might not always want to talk about you know Mm. maybe some more uncomfortable subjects but i'm hoping that the guests that we bring on will like kind of enlighten enlighten us so i'm very very excited for the guests and of course we are gonna i was doing this a bit um you know towards the end of i guess the other it's hard for me to say it's a weird thing when you take a break the before times of intoxicated i did talk a bit about uh unpopular opinions so we are going to also bring that back as i'm well. excited for that too because another way to open up somebody is getting their unpopular opinion. It's so interesting to hear that too from people because everybody has a different one and like And it could be serious or not serious. Not it could be silly. Like, you know, we don't we have no idea. And I don't really want them to tell me before yeah. the interview. I think that's the fun thing. So, you know, there's a little more structure going forward. Um, you know, we're really gonna be on the ball with getting new guests and like really interesting guests. Um, and I'm really excited to be back. I think it's gonna be excited for you really amazing. Back. I hope you guys like the new branding and the new like imagery with the podcast. But yeah, I'm rambling because I haven't done this in so long and I forget how to do it if that I'm was truly fucking honest with you guys. Such a natural <laughs> ramble though. <laughs> I, was like, great topic. I thought returning to comedy was hard after a few months, and that was only two months off returning to podcasting this has been dare i say very tough (laughs) getting back into the flow of like talking on a mic talking to a person um so i'm bear with me guys if i am a bit off i promise i'll get there i just gotta kind of I gotta do. I gotta do this you more. Gotta do what you it's gotta a muscle do. you have to stretch. So it's like riding a bicycle. It is like it's scary, a bicycle. and it's kind of hard at first. And you're like, oh, don't worry, I got this. Yeah, I have a helmet on. It's fine. Exactly. It's fine. And speaking of voicemails, so we do want more audience interaction going forward with the podcast, and we want you to send us your questions your stories if you have an insane story that you think we'd get a kick out of um if you have rants we would love to hear those any like i love a life dilemma like what do i do in this situation kind of questions i really really want to hear from you guys and i know that that's like it's a hard thing sometimes to get like listener engagement but we want you to be part of this podcast too so how can they reach us sarah great question sarah well you can email your questions to at intox nope intoxicated at gmail.com 
<laughs> and also send us a voicemail because we would like to hear your voice rather than see your messages. So definitely, definitely send us a voicemail. Um, you can do that. There's a link somewhere, I'm sure. Um, I'm going to tell you where. <laughs> um, link in bio, bitch. Okay. So link in bio is what I was about to say. <laughs> I was just testing you. <laughs> link in bio. And we're also going to put it in the description of this podcast. That too. So you'll see a link that says leave a voicemail. And you can just record on your phone. You just click a button and you can record a voicemail. So it's very, very easy. Please, Please send us voicemail. send us your voice. Send us your voice. We want to hear like from Ursula, you. We're like Ursula the Sea Witch who just wants your voice. Yes. But there's more that they can do too. You know what they can do? Listen. Follow us. Oh, that too. That's- <laughs> <laughs> Follow us Follow on us. Instagram at Intoxicated. Intoxicated Podcast. Podcast. Uh- Intoxicated Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Make sure you subscribe on YouTube as well because, listen, let me tell you, if I'm going through all this stress of doing video, you better fucking subscribe on YouTube. Please. Truly. <laughs> Please put us out of our misery and at least give us a sub for all this stress about trying to look good on camera. Um, Yeah, you can, yeah, subscribe on YouTube. So it is just uh, youtube.com backslash intoxicated. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast as well. I've been gone for a while and I don't want to lose you guys. So please make sure that you do resubscribe so that you don't miss an episode. And you can leave us a review as well. What's that thing that YouTubers say about the bell? Oh, you gotta ring the bell. No, no, wrong bell. <laughs> but it is, you, you ring the bell for notifications. Oh. It makes sure that you get notified when a new video gets Amazing. posted. Okay, ding, ding then. Ding, 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 ding. So do that. And reviews, baby. Can you Can you leave a review on uh, Apple Podcasts? Because again, Intoxicate's been out of the loop. And, um... I'd like to like get back up there. So I would greatly appreciate a Apple Podcasts rating and review as well. So this week's guest, this is the first episode back. We have an amazing guest. I am so excited for this because this has been a long time coming for uh, her to be on the show. I've known her for a while. Actually, I think a solid year because I think uh, oh. uh, Instagram memories brought her up um, when I actually, the first night I met her. So guys, this week on the podcast, we have Serena Haynes. She is a somatic sex educator, a sex and intimacy advisor, oh. and a pleasure advocate. So this spicy. This is the definition of coming in hot. Yes. With this extra, new extra version 2.0 of intoxicated. Um so Serena is amazing. First of all, like she is a wealth of knowledge. We talked about so much stuff. Like I can't even let me like just like pull up, you know, the list right here. So essentially Serena um what she does is she really helps people get in touch with pleasure and what i found interesting about this conversation was it's all about like taking your pleasure like your pleasure is yours to take which i really love taking pleasure is good yeah yeah i I like her like in touch (laughs) was that (laughs) like literally in touch because she's talking about like pleasuring herself yeah i think that was really that's a good pun so a lot of like we did talk a lot about self-pleasure i just remember her talking about come a lot (laughs) 
<laughs> we did talk about so... come a lot. We talked about like myths around pleasure when it comes to like men and women. Oh, sex drive. We talked about you got it. We talked about sex drive. Yeah. And that was relevant for me because I currently just don't have one. Yeah. So I really liked hearing her insights into the sex drive thing. This was just like a TMI episode. This was was the definition of TMI. I do apologize to family, coworkers. (laughs) I would give a warning on this one um, because I don't think I talk too much about myself. But, you know, this is a spicy, this is a spicy episode. Yeah. But Serena is one of my favorite women. She is, like, such a supporter of me and, like, just a cheerleader and, like, I don't know. I gush a lot about her in the episode, so you'll hear it, but I can't recommend checking out what she does enough because she really is helping a lot of people kind of get in touch with pleasure. She does workshops. She does webinars and retreats. Like, she does all this amazing stuff, coaching, just general coaching Coaching. sessions with people. So she does amazing stuff. And you can actually check out everything she does at serenahaines.com. Please follow Serena on Instagram. So her handle is uh, Serena underscore Haynes on Instagram. And definitely follow her and interact with the content because she does have a tendency to get shadow banned. And that's not cool. We don't want to shadow ban these amazing people doing awesome things. So please check her out. Um, I loved this episode. This was a doozy. I this episode too. I found a lot of my... I was like, wow. Yeah. Tell me more, Serena. And we didn't plan to go as long as we did, but we did... It, did, it didn't feel that long, though. Didn't feel it that long. It felt like went by in a flash and... We got carried away. Like, we we definitely, like, got on things and, and then, you know, soon realized, oh, it's been two and a half hours. It was at the so, tower mark and I was like, I'm not going to say anything. Yes! <laughs> but it was just so good and I hope you guys really, really like it. So it's so great to be back, you guys. I'm so excited to, like, get this thing back rolling. And I hope you enjoy the first official episode of Intoxicated 2.0 with the amazing Serena Haynes. You can say all the price paid nothings You're loving, you gave But your first mistake was Trusting me with your heart, babe Some days I can't think straight Don't take this the wrong way Don't take this the wrong way Hey, I've been up all night Making this decoded patterns And it's like you could be the one for me This is so wildly weird. I don't know how to open this. I actually kind of forget how I open podcasts. But we are back on the Intoxicated Podcast. First time in a long time. And guys, like, I'm so wildly excited for this guest. This week's guest is the amazing Serena Haynes. Serena is a somatic sex educator, a sex and intimacy advisor, 
and a pleasure advocate. Ooh. Welcome to Intoxicated! <laughs> Thank you! I'm so excited to be here. Oh my gosh, this has this been a long crazy. time coming. Yeah, yeah. Such a long a- time coming. Uh, I'm so excited for this conversation because like, you are just such an expert on so many topics. And this is going to go... This is going to go all the places. All the places. All, all the places. And yeah. we should actually fill people in, I guess, how we met. Yeah. So we met at Geneva's Geneva's matchmaking girls' night thing. Was that was it? It wasn't matchmaking. It wasn't matchmaking. It was uh, oh, her and I did a thing together. Yes. Yeah. So it was a little get together with you and her, and we just literally just talked about sex with a bunch of women in a room. Yep. It was like a a round table. Yep. Yeah, kind of get everybody together, talk about sex, get it in the open. Because, I mean, she was doing, like, the dating thing. And sometimes when you're dating, you kind of got to open yourself up to being okay and open to yeah. those things. So having those conversations were really fun that night. That was – and I just, like, loved you right away mm. because you were so – like, number one, very uncensored in how you talked. You were very sassy in how you talked. You were very confident in everything you were saying. And I do feel like when women talk about sex, we can get very, like, ooh, yeah. like, you know, scared to say certain things. Yeah. Or... Good girls don't talk like that, Sarah. It's right? Yeah. 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 So, so that's like, what we do. I adore your energy. And, like, yeah, it was just so good. And I remember, like, I remember, like, meeting you and being, like, yeah, I have to have you on at some point. Uh, and we had been talking about it for a while. And then yeah. when the podcast started to wind down, I was just like, well, she has to be one of the first people I can get back on. Oh, God love you. And I also will say, too, that, like, you are, like, we haven't hung out that much, but you're such an insane supporter of mine. I love you so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm almost like fangirling myself. I'm like, I, fo- I watch all your videos and I'm like, come on, you can do it. Comedy set tonight. You got this. Or like you're having a bad night. And I'm like, it's okay. I got you. I am here with you in my jammies feeling like shit too. You're not alone. Like, I love it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, it is. It's like peas in a pod. And we don't even know each other very well. Peas in a pod. We'll share each other's stuff that we're doing. You, like, for my both of my live shows, you bought, like, tables of tickets. Even though you couldn't. This bitch bought a table at one of my live shows when she was having surgery on her cervix that day. And she said, I'm just going to buy a table and you can give it away to whoever wants it. Yeah. Who does that? It's important. Listen, this is what we need to do for each other. Yes. People don't fucking do that a lot, right? They yeah. do it when there's something in it for them. And that wasn't the case, right? You were like, we'll do a giveaway. I'm like, no, just fucking give them away. Just give them away. That was for you, right? Like, that was so important that day. I don't, you know, sometimes things hit you and you you either decide to act on it or you don't. And then sometimes you regret it and sometimes you forget about it, right? But I don't know where I read once or somebody said something to me once where they're like, what would happen if you just acted on all of the good things that you wanted to do? How would your life change? Right? Oh so like gosh. you're driving by and you see like the homeless person and you think to yourself, oh, I wish I had a toonie. And you know, fucking full well, there's a toonie in your purse if you just looked. Like look and get the toonie and give it to them. You'll feel better or whatever it is. So yes. like that day it just hit me and I was like, do you know what? I'm doing this Aww. bullshit. Like this is it. You need, you needed that and you 
It was a big deal for you. It is so important to find those people in your life. And you're certainly that for me. I'm that for you. Geneva is that for me. Like, I just love that I've met so many women recently that are doing such cool stuff that I can get behind. And even if it's not like you know that I if I could do do one of your workshops but I'll share it right you know there's all these things that you can do to help build other women up yeah and it's so important yeah and like I want to surround myself right and you and and that's the thing is that you don't have to be there physically right like I couldn't be there for those things I can't be anywhere I I stay home with my kids all the time like I'm a mom of three I work from home like I don't get to go out often so I see all of these things and I'm like I want to support but I can't be there right I'm just gonna send you ten dollars and an EMT like I want to really support you and then get other people to come in and see what you're doing and you know all that stuff so small business and you know local people and all yeah. that that's all we can do for one another that's what we can do for one yeah. another and I think too the beauty of podcasts and like the collaboration of a conversation it's you know some of your people will come to me right and some of my people will come to you right you know exactly. this episode like I rarely get responses on Instagram to questions, and I got I got some questions for the first time. That's amazing. So you know, people want to talk about these things, and they're opening up slowly. Sarah up Halifax slowly. is opening up slowly oh. to the idea. If we dare say, the legs are spreading, and everybody is getting excited. <laughs> but it's a slow go. I'll tell you how. I mean, we've got some conservative folk here, and that's okay. Yes, right. And I think it's not just here, but of course, I'm working locally, but. It is hard to talk about sex. It is hard to have those conversations. It is hard to use the use the language and use all those things that people are like, "Oh, stop! You shouldn't say that out loud," you know. And but I'm not stopping. Fuck yeah, yeah. And just so people kind of know, because I kind of went over your titles. Um, can you just briefly talk about exactly what you do? Yeah, yeah. So you have a wild job, right? <laughs> to say the least. Let's let's yeah. hear it. Like, what what exactly do okay. you do? Okay, so. Let me go through the things that you write out because that's the easiest way sometimes because there's actually three different things that I can do or more really. But as a somatic educator, I have the background and the education to work with what is happening inside of our bodies, right? So soma is like inside your body. So it's a little bit more holistic. It's it's where do you feel blockages? Where do you feel this? What's going on in your body? What's your vagina doing? What's your vulva doing? What's your penis doing? Like all of the actual physical parts of your body. And then I physically work on them. So I'm a body worker. So I can touch you and do things and and all of that. Now that we'll get into that conversation in a little bit because I'm not going to touch you all. Okay? <laughs> Serena, <laughs> it's been a while. <laughs> I <laughs> I'm not turning down at this point. So I do that. So I do one-on-one work and I also teach couples how to work with each other somatically. Right? So I think that's really cool. And then as a sex coach, I work with other, like a a little bit more clinical, like your erectile dysfunctions or, you know, anorgasmia, not having an orgasm. You don't know what's going on. Stuff that's happening in your head. So we have like therapy almost. So I'm not Mm. a therapist, but it's it's done in such a way that it's like a therapy session. So it can be Zoom or one-on-one and we just sit across from each other there's a lot of talk therapy people don't realize that sex work sex coaching sex advocacy all of the stuff that we're working on has a lot less to do with the actual sex and a lot more to do with what's going on in your brain it's huge right like that is a huge factor in everything from how you feel about yourself how you feel about your partner to your background and how you learned how to talk about sex and who told you that it was okay or not okay to touch your own boobs or you know do this or talk about this or say these words so all that happens in your brain so we do that a lot and then it moves forward into 
actual sexuality and coaching the sex part right so I can do that and then honestly as a pleasure advocate I really just think you should find anything that makes you happy like anything from you know the feel of the fan that's on me right now to like my lip gloss to I have my makeup done today to like I was at the beach earlier all of those moments in time that sometimes we just let go because we're waiting for the next thing to happen because we live in the past and we live in the future and not many of us actually live in the present. We're waiting for something or ruminating about what happened. So if we can manage to live in the present, then we can live in a pleasure state naturally. It's where your body wants to be. Yeah. Being present in your body and enjoying things. Yeah. Yeah. And slowing down. And it's so easy for me to say that, right? But I mean like you and I both know that is not fucking easy. That is not an easy thing to do. All right. So like I'm not good. I'm not I'm also not one of those people that's like everything's light and love and you're definitely <laughs> going to feel pleasure if you just think pleasure. No, that's bullshit. It doesn't happen that way. Like it right. is so intentional and it is so hard sometimes to like sit back and take a deep breath. Even being here, for example, like we're excited to be here <laughs> and I'm just trying to be like just be in the moment. Right? Yeah, I have a little fidget toy. Like I always have to have something on me that I'm like yeah. playing with to keep me in the moment. So, you know, it's intentional. You got to work on it. Do you have any ADHD in you? Um, an undiagnosed. Oh, I ding, feel. Ding, ding, uh, yeah. <laughs> Join the club, Serena. I feel like my husband would be like laughing his ass off right now because he's like, hey, "Yeah, she is a shithead." Like, I'm I feel like all this is over so common. Place. This is yeah. so like so many women are specifically women because it's diagnosed way more in men. Yeah, yeah. Because um, guess who I was growing up? I was the little girl who always had her work done, and I always got things. I was the teacher's pet I was the this I was the that because I was so fucking scared of disappointing anybody and I knew that if I didn't have everything right that my head would go in other places and with that said I would also be the little girl who was like wrapped on the desk because I'd be like off in a daydream listening but not really focused and everybody just thought that she was just the quiet girl in the back but I was not just the quiet girl in the back I was the girl in the back going I don't know what you just said I just zoned out for like 20 minutes and now I'm fucked like, I don't know what's oh going on. So God. now it's manifesting in a little bit of a different way, but I manage it now. Now I know a few things that I need to do. And I see to my kids too, which is fun because now I can kind of help them out a little you can, bit. You can understand it more. I can understand it a little bit more. Back in the day, nobody mm. was, not even boys were diagnosed with ADHD back when I was growing up. Right. They were just the bad kids they put in the back. Right? Right? Like it wasn't a wild. thing we weren't really paid attention to like that. But it's nobody's fault because nobody really knew. Right? So like mm-hmm. once you know better, you do better, you learn better and you move on. Right? So that's all. You are so right. Yeah. That's all. That is wild. Um, And we're going to open the show. So this is another new segment. Like we have segments now, dun, dun, people. Dun. This is not just a show of a conversation anymore. Uh, this is a segment. So we're going to start with what I think about you. So we're going to start Ooh. with an assumption. We should figure out cool names for these segments. I don't know what a cool name for the... I guess it could just be the assumption segment. Um, the assumption... Assumption. You make an ass... What's that saying? It's like... Oh, yeah. Yeah, when yeah. you assume, you make when an ass out of you and me. me. Yeah. yeah. The don't punch me in the face segment. Don't punch me in the face. Ow. We're so far away. You can assume anything about me and I still can't reach you. Can't <laughs> reach each other. I'm actually realizing now that this is very COVID safe. Like, we are oh, at a, we're on a good distance. So yeah. it works really well. Um, so based on what I know of you, and mind you, I kind of know, I kind of know your answer to this assumption, but... I'm just going to kind of assume for the audience as well. So like if someone were to look at what you do and like your Instagram feed and like what you post, I think people would assume that you fuck a lot. (gasps) 
Yeah. So let's talk about that. Is that true? False? Is it sometimes true? What? What's it now currently? I like to fuck a lot. <laughs> I am also a married woman of 15 years, so sometimes I don't fuck a lot. Right. But yeah, I do. I okay. do. And okay, I so like it's it. true. And I always did. Oh, good. Yeah. But I don't, you know, I'm married. So, you know, I don't fuck other people. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's actually a good thing to, yeah, to okay. let us know. So just <laughs> for the record, um, you know. But I do. I, I enjoy it. Yeah, I. Um, that's a dicey one, Sarah. That's really interesting. I, it's You got me a little bit tongue tied here right now, because the truth of the matter is the past couple of months, mm. I have not fucked a lot. Mm-hmm. And my mental health is because of that. Right. And it's OK. It's mm-hmm. not a big deal. It's just the, an ebb and flow of being in a long term relationship, really. I want to hearken back to our pre podcast call, which could have been a podcast in yeah. of itself. Yeah. <laughs> when um i told you the same thing i was just like it's been god i don't know when the last time was for me mm-hmm. it's been a, at least a year right at least um but also like my sex drive is so incredibly low and i remember like me going i don't know why it's so low and serena doesn't miss a beat she goes well honey you're sad <laughs> I didn't talk about not knowing somebody, but being like, girl, I was like, you're sad. You don't want to fuck. She literally like, but just the way you said it, it was just so honest. And like, it was so like, simple from my heart. Like, I was because you're right. Like when, when things are going on with us mentally, like it really does impact the sex drive. Right. And then we think to ourselves, well, the sex, you know, the sex is supposed to be fun and we should be having a lot of it. But if you're sad, the last thing you want to do is have sex. The, the, maybe the biggest thing you should do is try to have as much sex as it makes us feel good, right? Mm-hmm. At, at some point and, you know, neurochemically and stuff. But like, you don't even want to pull yourself out of bed, let alone make yourself look decent enough to kind of feel good about yourself, to get yeah. out there, meet people and do all those things. And I think that's okay, too. Yeah. And I think it's interesting when when you're feeling sad or down or even if you have a goddamn headache, everyone just instantly goes to, well, touch yourself, masturbate. Yeah. And it's like, we have to also understand that like, yeah, sometimes that might work, I guess. Like, there's definitely been times in my life where I've leaned on masturbation for, yeah. for the serotonin. Right. Uh, but then it's like quickly gone and yep. you're like, what the heck do I do? Right. What now? Uh, so it's like an easy thing for people to say, but people don't realize that like some of us, it does take that like... Yeah, being feeling good physically, like looking good and feeling yeah. like you look good, feeling yourself as they say yeah. or whatever. Yeah. It takes some time and effort. Honestly, to even get if I'm in sweatpants mood. and I still feel like I'm having a good day, yes. like maybe I've just been productive that day or whatever, like I don't have to physically look, you know, stereotypically good, but as long as I, you know, have done something with my day or I've read a book or I've, you know, finish all that 17,000 ADHD loads of laundry that I haven't done in like seven weeks. You know, like if I've, if I've done something and I feel good about myself, then I'm like, cool. I feel a little bit like Randy. Like this yeah. is fun. Like let's go do something. Right. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you just don't. I'm not the sex coach. That's another thing. That was one of the assumptions people sometimes make too, is that if you come to me, I'm going to tell you to have all the sex. But the thing is, as a sex coach, yeah. it's my job to find out why you're not having all of the sex. And then what are we going to do about that? And then how are we going to get you somewhere? But if you come to me and you're just like, oh my God, I haven't had sex in two weeks. What's wrong with me? I'm going to be like, um, maybe you're just busy. 
Like, maybe you need some more water. Like, that's not a problem, babe. Two weeks? You know, sometimes. I mean, for some people, that yeah. is a big deal. I'm not gonna. I'm not discrediting that. Yeah, I'm not yeah. going to discount that. Because for some people, maybe it is a big deal. But we do need to get to the root of that problem, right? right. Like, why, why do you even think that two weeks is a, is a big deal? Does somebody tell you that? Are you... You know, anyway. Yeah, are you again. a... Yeah, I, maybe for men. I don't know if you think this, but, like, men are almost pressured more to be banging all the time, I think. Yep. I feel like. Yep, they are. I have a lot of male clients. A lot of male clients. More than you would imagine. More That's male clients than female clients. Lately, it's been doing a little bit of a flip. Which is great. And that's that's great. I knew from the very beginning that if I wanted to come out as a sex coach, as a sex educator, that it might take me having to draw the guys in mm. visually and oh, yeah, according yeah, yeah. to like, you know, whatever content I was putting out to kind of wrap them into the conversation a little bit. Because then once I find a lot of guys get into the conversation, then women will open up a little bit more. Women are harder to get in to talk about sex with a sex coach. That's fascinating. Or talk about sex at all, because good girls don't talk about sex, mm. um, than guys, right? So it's a lot easier to kind of, you know, get the guys to come in and talk to me about, you know, and, you know, blowjobs and cocks and all of these like words that everybody likes to use because I love using them. But a lot of the women don't want to hear that. So it's kind of figuring out how to... Is that a shame thing? Everybody in. Definitely. I think. The shame, Madonna horror complex. Yeah, shame, culture, society. It depends on where you grow up, how you grow up, what's going on, and, you know, your circle, what you think is good, what you think is not, and the taboo topics, and who's going to question you, and who's going to, you know, I've got a, I get a lot of that. God damn. Yeah. So, but, but men are coming out and asking for help, which is... Yeah. So what I so love cool. is that the men who generally come to me will say things like, yeah, I fuck a lot. But I know there's more. Like, I know there's more that I can do. There's more Like, here. I fuck, and I'm never satisfied. What the hell? Like, I'm yeah. fucking every night, and I'm still not satisfied. I know there's got to be more to this. Because a lot of the guys that, you know, a lot of men in our society have been taught that their masculinity is rooted in their sex drive, and it's rooted in their big, hard, strong cock, and that's, you know, all of those things. And they really, some of them just want to be a bit softer. Some of them want to be loved a little bit more. <gasps> you know, shocker. Everybody yeah. wants intimacy and love, right? But it's not e as easily um, narrated for them. For they men. don't really have the language. Yeah. And for women, it's the other way. And for women, it's the other way. So they come to me saying things like, you know, he does, all he wants to do is have sex and I just want him to love me. And I'm like, okay, I know. But here's, here's the caveat, guys. Men show you they love you through sex, because that's how they've learned to show their adoration and their masculinity, okay? So they show you they love you through sex. Also, they get their desire from you, from your reciprocation of that. So they put a lot of weight in the sex. So when you see that, you know, your, your, your guy coming at you all the time and slapping your bum or doing all of these things, what he's actually asking you for is a reciprocation to say, I appreciate what you're doing. I love you. 
men feel desired when you say yes. But women feel desired when you don't want to have sex with them and you want to have a conversation with them and you <laughs> want to get ding. to know them and you, you know, and all those things. So look at that. Look how we're on the opposite yeah. end of this orb rolling around. So it's not until we kind of start to understand each other's differences because you're not going to change that, yeah. right? That's the thing. We're not here to change anybody. We're here to understand yes. the other person's perspective. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't even have to be gendered, honestly. It can be any sort of partnership. But if you can see where your partner gets their love from and how they like to give it, then you can understand that partnership a little bit better. Do you believe in, are you into love languages? Yes, I do believe in the love languages. There are more now, though. Um, There's and, more? Um, oh, I don't want to say the name in case I get it wrong. I should have looked it up. Somebody else came out with another way of describing them. It, it's a, it's a, an, another person, I believe they're non-binary, and instead of whoever did it, there's some, this is a terrible thing. I should have notes on this. Oh, that's okay. I think he, whoever wrote that book, uh-huh. has been kind of called out on homophobia oh, and things shit. like that. So okay. this other sex educator came in and did, I think it was like 16 love languages or oh, something, because no there way. are so many more. No There's way. so many other things. Yeah. And I can't remember who it is. So I should tell you that Oh wow! after I have names on the tip of my tongue, but I'm we not going to say We can even like, it. we can look it up maybe and do it in the intro, figure it out. Yeah. Who, who it's one scene. of two people I know in my head, but I'm not going to say okay. it wrong. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, like when I look at the love languages, I'm like, that makes sense. But yeah. it would also make sense that there would be more, too. There's more, you know, right? Like, like, those love languages are very, you know, they're very general, and they do work. I think they're really important. But you can have all five of those love languages. Yeah. Right? So you just kind of have to know your partner. I always find that if I get people to explain to me how they show their partner love, okay, so... Or even like a date or even like if I was to ask any anybody who's not even in a relationship, how would you show a person you were in a relationship that you really cared about them? Whatever their explanation is, is how they want to be loved. Fascinating. Right? So as soon as I can hear that, and let's say they're in a partnership, because I work with mostly couples, and they're in a partnership, then I can say, okay, you know, Jack just told you how he would show you love. That's exactly how he wants you to show him love. That's interesting. Right? So it's the back and forth. We always give other people what we want. We are quite literally mirrors of things. Yeah. Because sometimes when I think about love languages, I just go, well, when I'm into, like, uh, I've only dated two people, but like when I was into men, I did a lot of like acts of service. Like I was really big into that. Mm -hmm. Um, But when I think of myself, I just go, Words of affirmation is my main one. Right. But I would say acts of service would be maybe my second. Yeah. So yeah. it's interesting. Yeah. And words is. of affirmation and acts of service are so very similar. They really because, are. Because, you know, I mean, acts of service, we always think physical, but an act of service is also, um, you know, giving someone those words that make them feel good. So yes. it's also... It's an act of service in a way, giving in a, in someone a, in words. In a different way. Yeah. So they're all very similar, I think, if you really... What are yours? Down. Mine are acts of service and quality time. Oh, quality time is big too. Yeah. Can my love language just be all of them? Right. Yes. <laughs> and they can. So here's the thing. My husbands are generally uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. So yes. I don't like cuddling. I don't want anybody on me. I don't I don't touch. I don't touch very much, which is odd because it's the first thing I will tell people, go touch people if you want to feel good. But I just don't give it naturally. I don't know why. And words of affirmation, I'm good at I'm decent at that. 
but I'm just kind of quiet. Like I would thank you in a different way. I would thank you by just kind of, I don't know, silently appreciating you. (laughs) I silently appreciate you, but that's not enough for him. Right. right? So I need to be very cognizant that that's what he needs. I like acts of service and that doesn't have to be anything big. I'm not flamboyant. Like I don't like a whole lot of extravagant things, but like if the coffee's on in the morning, I'm like wicked. If I don't have to take the compost out and I didn't ask, I'm like, sweet. You know, garbage. It's so easy. Even little things like I don't want my door open. I don't need any of those things. I don't, I like flowers, but like, I don't need that stuff. The quality time is definitely my biggest one. That's like what I'm also striving for. Sit with me quietly. Yeah. Two or three feet away. So we don't have to touch and like watch TV or read a book or something. Can we just sit in the same room and be on our phones together. Right. I, that would be wonderful. Isn't it funny? <laughs> that is my ideal. Situation. Unless you share TikToks. Like yes! I think that's a love language. Oh my gosh, sharing TikToks is such a love language. When I get TikToks into my DMs now, they're like dick pics. Like guys will send me TikToks now instead of like dick pics. Mhm. As like a flirt. And I'm like, "Oh my god, you thought about me." You know, I just think it's so cute. And it's like certain people like Sarah and I, my producer, Sarah, we send each other TikToks all the time. <laughs> yeah, all I time. love it. It's it's such a special thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no. I, it used to be the memes, right? And now we're past the memes and now we've got to go video. It's so interesting, like just these different dynamics and how they all work and how you have certain communication platforms with certain people and some people you only text with, but you don't mm-hmm. talk on Messenger with. Some people are... Like Instagram DMs are becoming such a, a thing. Right. Like I feel like you, Instagram... you can Instagram video. You can yeah. Instagram video chat. I've done like client calls on Instagram video. It is super high quality. It, it is. is. Good. I guess they are really <laughs> sidebar. But like yeah. Instagram is really ramping up to be a video yeah, platform. I know. I'm a little bit nervous. I'm not a video gal. I don't have a TikTok. I, I posted one reel yesterday. It was just in my backyard, but I was like, woohoo, I did a reel. Oh I'm my so gosh. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah, I'm so bad. So another segment we have, we're going to get into it now. Okay. Is the rant segment. I need to rant. <laughs> and because I think it's important to rant because I truly think that we bond with each other over things we hate or that annoy us right <laughs> so in this case serena mm-hmm. you have the floor what is your rant okay. for this episode no pressure so honestly when it comes to like people coming to me um mostly women i'll be honest mostly women will come to me and they'll, they'll ask me questions about um you know how to ramp up my sex life or how to do this or how to do that and we're having these little conversations but they're just pretty general conversations i'll get a lot of um yeah but but what if he doesn't like it that way? Or like, what if, like, do should I shave my pubes or should I not shave my pubes? And I'm like, well, do whatever you want. And then it's like, yeah, but guys like it when it's shaved, right? And I'm like, who gives a fuck what guys think about your pubes? <laughs> if he is not excited to be face first into that fucking Amazon, find yourself a new man. My laugh. My laugh. Like, 
Albert Coombe says my laugh is like chopping wood. I, oh, I just laugh forever. Not yeah. stress that enough. And that goes for anything, you guys. Like, oh, well, he only likes it when I wear this, or they only like it. Now, that's not to say that these people who are saying that are are bad or controlling or anything. That's not where what I'm getting at. If we don't have the agency over our own bodies, this is the this is the fucking foundation of sexual pleasure, you guys, is having the sovereignty to say, this is who I am. This is my body. This is what I like. This is how I'm going to shave my pubes or not or grow a bush or whatever. And if you don't like it, that's cool. Because if that's enough to get you out of my life, then you weren't supposed to be there in the beginning. Damn. That's my rant. And now that's, you know, that person who really likes shaved pubes and you don't, they're going to go find somebody with shaved pubes and they're going to live happily ever after. That's totally cool. Also, if they require that, that's so limiting. It is. It is. But you know what? Everybody has their thing. So if it is a requirement, cool. I'm not going to say you should be better. No. If you require something, cool. You're going to find somebody who wants to really give that to you because that actually brings them pleasure to give that to you, right? In long-term relationship, we do a lot of compromising. So like that's not a big deal like that's part of all of this but in that moment if somebody looked at me and was like I only like it when you wear your hair in a ponytail I'd be like (laughs) fuck off or I only like it when your pubes are shaved I'd be like if you don't want to suck this clit the way it is I don't want you in there period that's a big rant of mine that's a big one that is so interesting. Yeah. Because, like, I've been thinking so much lately about, relation- like, specifically heterosexual relationships um, and how so much is put on the guys. Yeah. Like, comfort. Right. And exactly making the guy happy. Yeah. And uh, I just had a I just had a couple come into me and she um, she wanted to learn how to have sex better. And I was like, okay, we figured out what that meant. And she wanted to learn how to uh, ride her husband. And I was like, cool, I can help you with that. And then she said something to me like, um, I said, uh, I, I said, lean forward a little bit so you can get your clit. And we talked about, um, you know, different positions and things like that. And she looked at me and she was like, yeah, but he wants me to like bounce up and down on it. And I was like, I don't give a fuck what he wants. Are you getting your nut or not? Like... What are we doing here? He's going to... And then I look at him. Okay, I look at him. And he's sitting there going, yeah, I don't give a shit how she rides me. Like, I don't give a fuck. This is the thing. We think... This is the thing, guys. We are not man bashing. Here's the deal. We women in heterosexual relations, we think we're supposed to do all these things, but they are just they happy care. to be there. Yes. That's just, isn't that wild? Right? How like, much time we spend, yeah. like, literally, like, just psychoanalyzing, like, what, what am I going to look like? Is yep. my double chin going to show? Yep. And, like, they don't and care. They literally don't care. They're Richard, just... can you confirm? <laughs> They're just so happy to be there. They want to be there. I saw something the other day and it was so true. I was like, baby, they saw your roles before you got naked. Like they knew you had them before you got naked. Your clothes are not that good at covering that shit up. Like strip off and get down with it because that's what partners want. Partners in any sort. They want partners who are going to like get into their pleasure, which kind of leads me to the next segment. But they want people to like get in. Everybody wants that. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And how do you so do you just when you have those moments with women, do you just literally tell them who cares? Like do you do yes. you just try to Yeah, I love that. Yes, I do. I'm just like and especially if the couple is right there, like you can see the guy 
looking at her kind of like, like, I don't care what you do. And I'm like, look at him right now. He's got this little like grin on his face because I said the word riding his cock. And he's just like, that's awesome. <laughs> I was just going to say, it's like a scene from Game of, Th- yeah. Game of Thrones. Right. When she's like nobody that. cares, man. Or yeah. like, I'm going to break it if I go this way or go that. I'm like, you're not going to break it. He'll tell you if you're going to break it and you're not going to break it. And he's going to love it to that to the, the very last second of breakage. Yeah. He's going to keep you going because that's what he wants. And, yeah. and you're doing a great job. Right. Yeah. But we don't think that we do a great job when it comes uh. to that. We've got a lot of reasons for that. Right. There's there's societal pressures and cultural pressures. And then there's porn. We can have uh. a, an entire podcast about porn, which I love, by the way. Like, I think porn is fantastic. I just... Yeah, I just think that we have a, an odd um, view of how to maybe use it and how yeah. to not. Cons- so if you sat down and you, you know, drank four liters of pop a day, that pop would probably not be good for you. So if you sit down and you masturbate to porn and hardcore porn, like, okay, we could do we want to get into yes. this right now. Okay. So the idea that, you know, we hear. <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> Okay, so we hear like a lot about like porn addiction and sex addiction and all that stuff. And we'll leave that over here on the table a little bit because it's very nuanced. So I won't get into that a whole lot, except to say that it is it's not a diagnosed disorder, a porn addiction or a sex addiction. Okay, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit of a different thing, more of a compulsion. So yeah, what happens with pornography though is, um, you know, back in the day, back when in when men my age were just getting into porn, they had to still go get a magazine or um, download the porn. I'm I'm older than Google. So, you know, (laughs) quite literally, (laughs) there there was no Google when I was growing up. So, you know, like high speed internet wasn't even a thing. So it was dial up internet and and all the rest of it. Okay. So like it was a big deal. So men had to like find or women i mean we're just because we're just going man woman right now but they had to like find their porn and look at their porn and it was a still shot (laughs) so they still had to use their brains a little bit they still had to use anybody who's looking at it you still had to use your imagination yeah you might be looking at the the you know the big old playboy on your ceiling but at the same time you had to imagine what it was like to suck her titties and you had to imagine what it was like to see them bounce and you had to imagine what it was like to you know open or like you had to imagine these things so your brain is working your brain is your biggest sex organ fast forward a little bit and like today for example it's i mean we could pull up seventeen thousand porn sites with just sexy girls and press images and that's it you've got gifts going and you've got everything going so the more we when you were, use the word desensitize it's more like you um desensitize your brain to just having to use your imagination to work so now we're being fed the information just like anything it's no different than a video game or um just anything that you would find on the internet so we're being fed all of this information and so you start out looking at the pretty girls and then you look at the pretty girls with the other pretty girls. And then you look at the pretty girls with the boys and then you, you know, you keep going up. And the next thing you know, because you have to get more stimulation, okay, because our brains are neuroplastic. So we learn different things, but we have to push farther. It's like going to the gym. If you want to get bigger, if you want to get stronger, you got to lift heavier weights every time. You've mm-hmm. got to go longer every time. You have to condition your body. So we start conditioning our brains to be fed the information. And the next thing you know, you go from this all the way to um, anything what you would consider hardcore, right? That depends on on who you are, right? But like, let's say from there, now you're looking at like, you know, doms torturing 
their little cum sluts in cages and this is the porn you're masturbating yeah. to. Now you take yourself out of that and then you go and you go hang out with the girl that you just met and you're trying to like get it on with her and guess what? You can't get your dick hard. Because you're not, she's on a cage. Because she's not in a cage and she's not your cum slut. Yet. <laughs> yet. Yet. <laughs> so you just, you don't, right? So like this is how the porn problem, oh, yeah. and I say problem because I don't think it's a problem. I think it's just an awareness mm-hmm. comes in, right? So mm-hmm. if we can kind of scale that back or I tell people to use it, um, to just practice with porn, like use it, but then sometimes don't use it, right? Like yep. I tell the women, I say, look, you've got your, your vibrators. Great. Anybody with a clit who uses a vibrator, fantastic. But we got to go acapella. If you want to be able to have an orgasm with a partner without a vibrator, you need to practice doing it without a vibrator by yourself. You know what? Thank you, Serena. Yeah. For saying that. Cause I think it's such a huge trend right now yes, of to make it having is. sex toys per your personality. Yeah. And you know what? It's great because the pendulum has swung from one end where women weren't allowed to have sex at all or even think about it to the other side where we're like, I don't even need a man. I got 17 vibrators, which is great. But But, yeah, yeah. If you're so used to having a vibrator in two and a half minutes, just go and you come all over the place, which is fucking fantastic. Guys like have at it. I'm not one to tell you that that's not a good thing. However, practice a little bit without it you know kind of i don't know i prefer it without it yeah can i say that yes you can that's kind of an unpopular opinion i don't that is an unpopular I, opinion i i would rather just the i hand. don't use i don't use toys generally i don't use toys i have two toys at home um i love a sucking vibrator oh I yeah oh the vibrator. satisfier yes yeah, so I love the little satisfier. Um, well, that's and I just have like a, a different experience altogether. It is. That is ne- that's like air pulse. What is it called? Air pulse technology? Yeah. Yeah. It's literally like like a human could never do that. I don't know. I've met a few humans who can do it. Lucky <laughs> you. Oh, you are so lucky. Just saying. But like but you're right. You're right. It is different. It, it is different. It's I next love it. Level. I, if if I was to say to anybody like um if you were going to get any sex toy at all, get an air pulse. Yeah, get an air pulse. Only because I do find that it can be easy, more easily replicated by a human, first mm. of all, um, regardless of if they're doing oral or even manual. I just find that the the sensation is just a little bit different because the vibrating, like your partner doesn't, your partner doesn't no. do that. Not even the the heavy rumble of like a wand. Not many partners, some partners can like try to replicate it, but they don't, they can't really, right? They so can't. if you just know how to do both, yes. it's kind of like just being a well-rounded player. It's like, you know what it is? I just thought of a metaphor. It's like when you learn to drink black coffee. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because then you can enjoy all kinds then of coffee. Then you can enjoy all the coffee. But like if you're someone who only, only needs like five sugar, five cream, right. like you're never... Like That's what, true. What, what yeah. If, what if you travel and go somewhere where they only do strong? Right. You know what I mean? Like okay. So and I kind of. I mean, it's not. There's not that many options. But I always also say that I think everybody should know how to drive a standard. Same thing. Yeah. Right. I'm like, if you know how to drive a standard, everything else is gravy. How are these bitches gonna survive a zombie apocalypse? How are you gonna if, do it if their toys all if die? If you don't know how to ride a stick, <laughs> I mean, drive a stick. <laughs> How are you going to survive the zombies? <laughs> I actually listened to a podcast recently where it was uh, Whitney Cummings and her husband. Oh, fuck. Uh, I forget his name. Why am I blanking on his name? But they have a podcast, the Endless Honeymoon Podcast, and someone called in with a secret being like, one time I actually 
like rubbed up against my like the the yeah. shift thing in a car yeah. and made it happen. I, I was just a, like, you want to know what? I respect that. There was like I a I don't know that. if it's an old wives tale or I don't know if it was meant to like scare the shit out of us when we were all doing ecstasy back in the day. <laughs> but like I heard a story and I thought it was like one of those like, did you hear about so and so the other night? Like something local, right? Where they were like, yeah, she like almost killed herself because she rode her stick like in her car because she was so fucking horny. <laughs> And I got to be honest, I looked at it and I was like, bravo, because mine was pretty round. Like I had a big ass stick in my Sunfire, my 96 Sunfire, Sunfire. Yes. my little red two doors zipping around town. Yes. But like it was pretty big. And I was like, all right, girl, have at it. Like have if that's where you're going, go. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. I think I, I yeah, I, I, I say fucking do what you want, but. I do think there's so much value yeah. in learning the bare basics. Yes, yeah, definitely. In anything, right? Like that's like in anything. in anything. So I will always ask women when they come to me and they say they can't have an orgasm with their partners. How many toys do you have? How often do you masturbate? It could be one or the other. It could be I masturbate every single day with a toy or I don't masturbate at all. So both of those things can be troublesome to orgasming with a partner. So yeah, that we work on both would of them. Be. Yeah. And do a lot of them say like I have 12? <laughs> No, usually it's like she, like they've got the one and like the one okay. has a nickname and like, you know, yeah. the, you know, me and Nick hang out and I'm like, who's Nick? And they're like, my wand. Like mm. we name it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So like most women have like their favorite toy. Favorite one. Fuck, it's yeah. been so long since I've used any of them. Yeah. I'm like really neglecting them. I'm excited for the Satisfier <laughs> pros to come in. You're excited for what? Well, I got five. I ordered. Yeah, I ordered some satisfiers and I sold them all. Thank goodness. Like it was everybody was just like, I'll take one. I'll take one. I'll take one, which was great because I don't sell toys generally, but sometimes I'll get a shipment in. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I had them, but I saved one for myself. I was like, you were not getting the fifth one. I'm Um, taking the fifth one. Yeah. And they also have those like pocket, like the mini versions that you can travel with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's called a one night stand. Yes. (laughs) I love it. Oh my God. Funny story. Okay. (laughs) I got a one night stand because I wanted to know what it was like. So it's this little tiny thing. It's probably only about that big and it's like a one-time use but it's not one-time use but it's um it's a non-rechargeable so it says on it like some very specific 27 minutes of pleasure and no I'm way like, okay 27 i can get like i was like how am i doing the math like how many tricks can i get out of this thing so i did i used it a few times and it died and i went to go throw it in the garbage and my husband god love him he was like hang on a second and didn't he crack it open and he saw that there were two AAA batteries in it he replaced the batteries electric taped it up and he was like here you go and i'm like oh my god anyway i got 27 i got 27 more minutes out of that kid you could just add rechargeable batteries to that you could just add batteries yeah it was amazing although i guess i you gotta get the toys that sh- that plug in the wall. Oh, get the good ones. I mean, yeah. I got this one just to kind of see That's what it was like. So I wanted to like because it was like twenty five bucks. Oh, like, this is the thing, guys. Like when you're going out to get toys. Now uh, I just came off the rant of like, don't use the toys. Just use your hands. And we can do things manually. And I think it's important. But when you are going out to get a toy, yeah, the expensive ones, high quality ones, are going to give you the best bang for your buck. Mm-hmm. But there are little ones out there that you can invest in just to see if it's even something that you want. Dude, the the first vibrator that I had was the cheap. Do you remember the ones that were like uh, the cheap ones that like you had to twist the bottom? For oh it to yeah, turn yeah, on? yeah, yeah, yeah. I have one. I actually used one of those the other day. I have an old they one. They were great. Yeah, they're loud as fuck. They are loud as fuck. I I had but to put good. music on. I put music on under my door. All my kids were home. I take my phone. <laughs> I take my phone and I'll turn music on and I'll slide it right next to my door, like my bedroom door. And then I'll go in the bathroom and I'll shut that door and I'll turn the water on. I'm like, 
a big production. It's like you're having a shit in the bathroom. <laughs> when I need to go, I need to go. I'm like, there's no, like, we don't have time for fucking around here. Like, yes. when it is time, it's time now. Mama's taking this right now. And yeah. I do. And, you know, because that's life sometimes. Like, sometimes you really just have to bang get it out. that moment in. Just yes. bang it out. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. Yeah. We've come so far with sex toys. It's really quite... Oh, Wait, it's fascinating. Wild. Yeah. What, what is up there? Like, you just peruse sites. You're just Everything. like, what? What are these things? Yeah. There's so much. And that reminds me of a rant because your rant is now giving me a rant, which is I freaking hate it when people say, oh, you haven't had sex in a while? Just get a new sex toy. No, it's not the same. It's not the fucking same. That's not what you're complaining about. That's not what you're worried about. That's not what you're upset about. So many women say this to me and I just go, what? Like, (laughs) it's not the same. Like, sometimes we want to have sex with real people, too. There's something about that, right? Like, we can, okay, listen, this goes back to, like, the guys who come in and tell me that there's more to sex than just getting their nut, like, and they know that there is. Even for us, like, there's more to it. I mean, like, we can have our orgasms with our toys, all the pieces, but it doesn't, it doesn't replace the real mm. thing if you want to have that I mean, human contact. This is what I'll say. There is a device that I could probably get that would replicate as close to what I want as possible, which is the Louisiana lounger. <laughs> okay, what? Is that like it's the thing? just a fuck machine. <laughs> I was going to say, is that like the cowboy thing that you get on and you ride it's it? Like Does a, it look like a bull? Like a, like a bull? Like a mechanical bull? It's like something bull? that you would sit on, but it fucks you. Like it fucks you. Yeah, you don't have to fuck it. You don't have to fuck it. It it like does the yeah yeah yeah. It does, does the whole thing. <laughs> it does like because for me the really truly the best thing is for me to just be on top with a guy. That's the number one go to. Probably will the work every time. Yeah. So like I feel like if I got something like that, it would get me close to there. But then like I don't have a person to look at, so right. that kind of sucks. Or like hold you, touch you, or yeah, you know. That kind of, you know, enjoy that pleasure with. Yeah, exactly. You could hump pillows. That's not the same. Oh, that's how I started. That's like. <laughs> that's how most of us started. That's how so many girls start. Or like, or you know, those like round swings, like the plastic ones. <laughs> oh, you like sit the other way? Riding them sideways. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? I'm just at the playground. <sighs> when are you coming home? I don't know. I don't know but... what's happening. Oh, my God. This leads me into. Well, Okay. Well, we're just going to quickly talk about this. Just the fact, and you, you're you the expert on this, but how the clit is such a huge organ. Oh my God, it's so big. I didn't bring my clit. I should have brought my I clit. Should've, I should have reminded you to bring it. Um, I should have brought my clit. Can you about explain to people who might not know, and maybe in post, I'll put a picture yeah, of yeah. the internal right here. I'll put it. <laughs> <laughs> um, of... We're kind of grown up to think like that tip right. area is the main show. Right. It but is it's not. not the main show. It's not. Well, you know what? It's the main show. show. Okay. It is. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. it is, it is the main this. show. So that's the glands of the clit. Okay. So the easiest way to explain things like this to people is to compare it to a penis. Okay. One of these days, we're not going to have to do that. And that will be a glorious day. But we all have a lot more knowledge about the anatomy of a penis than we do female anatomy that's just it just it's just the way it is so the head of a penis it's relatively large generally and you can see it it's right there that is the equivalent to what you see on your clit 
that little pea, that little nub that yeah, you see under the hood. Yeah. So the hood of your clit is a foreskin. Okay. So mm-hmm. we have a foreskin. We have that. On the inside, it's like, it's probably um, maybe the size of my palm, right? Not in total, but like like the whole thing. So like the, the head of the clit would be here. And then you have these like wishbone arms that come down about the size. I always say to use my face. It's like, it's like the glands is my nose, and then you have these little legs that come down. And it's about the size of from where my nose t- is to the bottom of my mouth. Like if I was to take my clit and put it on my face, <laughs> which would be super fun if I could do that, <laughs> but I can't. But if I did that, it would probably sit like here. Right, and, right, right. Right? So it's it's relatively large, but all of that is on the inside. Yeah. So under your labia, if you can feel, you can actually push down and you feel kind of like, it's kind of like going over a tendon or a ligament. Like you can kind yeah. of feel it. Yeah. Um, and those are the legs of your clit. Also... Under your pubic bone, and we can all do this right now. If you, everybody, everybody play along. If you touch right above where your lips come together, so where your clit is, but on your pubic mound and push in on the bone there, you'll feel like a, like a, a where the, where your bones come together. There's a little opening there and it goes ding, 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 ding. Underneath there is where the neck of the clit goes back into your body. Okay. So you can actually feel from your clit back it goes back into your body and then down and around so what you see is your clit on the outside and then under your labia is where your clit is on the inside so when you're being penetrated you're actually having the legs of your clitoris stimulated and when you're being stimulated on the outside you're having the glands of your clitoris which is why on top is so awesome exactly because you're getting all that grinding Mm -hmm. and the entire complex is being stimulated also when you're getting fingered or you think about the g-spot you're actually stimulating the entire clitoris and the urethral sponge when you urethral stick a finger in there. Hang on. Urethral sponge. It's a big word. So it's the spongy tissue that wraps around your urethra. Your urethra is where you pee from, right? Yes. That goes all the way in and up to your bladder. So the sponge wraps around it, kind of like if this is where you pee and this is the tube that goes up into your bladder, there's spongy tissue like spongy tissue in a penis that fills with blood wrapped around the urethra. And when you stimulate that, you stimulate what's called your skein's glands. And that's how some people can squirt. And some people don't squirt. That's what I was going to ask you. Okay. Some people do. Some people don't. We all have the body parts to do it. But some people do and some people don't. That's just it. Right? Some people... It's like wisdom teeth. Right. Right? Some of them come up, some of them don't. That's a really good one. Right? Like it's all there. Yeah. But we don't, not everybody either knows how or can or just, it just sometimes doesn't work properly. So then is it pee? Hmm. A little bit. A little bit. It's mostly prosthetic fluid. So our G spot is um, a pros, like our prostate gland. Yeah. Like, you know, men have a prostate gland. That's we always talk about that. Yeah. That's their G spot. Well, our we our G spot is always compared to their prostate, but the thing is ours is also a prostate. So when it's stimulated, I think I'm not sure of the fact. I think it's like 80% prostatic fluid and like 20%, maybe 15% uh, glucose and then whatever's left inside of your urethra because it kind of some of it can get like retrogradely pulled into your urethra because your skein's glands kind of emits this fluid, then it'll just, it'll come out with pee. Now, with that said, there there are not a lot of studies on this yet. And the studies have also shown that through MRI, a woman who 
pees completely before stimulation, goes into stimulation um, with her G-spot, her bladder fills up exponentially fast and she expels from her bladder. But is it pee or is it not? Nobody knows. Nobody knows. You can't just fucking test this shit. Right? So they do. They do. Why are we testing squirt? Right? They find (laughs) traces of urine. They say traces Traces. of urine. Traces. Traces. But it's not complete urine. But I'll tell you, there have been times that I've squirted and I think it is urine. (laughs) So I... I think it may be... It just depends on the day. Depending on how hydrated you are. Just like, oh my gosh, that's wild. Because I've heard that the sensation feels like pain. Yes, it does. It does. So... Listen, if you have a clit and you have a G-spot and you feel like you need to pee, keep going. Keep going. Just keep going. But also let go, right? Let go. Bear down. Like, don't push bear down because that's not letting go. Just allow. Allow is a really good word, right? Also, a lot of people, when they're actually being penetrated, they will not squirt. It's almost like a hose that's bent. There's too much pressure on the hose. So it's not until you release that you squirt. Oh, fascinating. See, this is so why I don't ever think I'll ever... So have you ever watched the porn? The porn, yeah. like, like they're, they're like jacking away at the porn, but it, they don't squirt until the dick comes out. And then right. you see it all. Oh. Generally speaking. See, I don't feel like I'll ever be able to do it because I can't even pee in the ocean. Oh. <laughs> That's my favorite place to pee. That's like, I don't know. Like, like I, I've had to pee when I've been out swimming in the ocean. And even my friends who I'm with are just like, just do it. We'll back away a bit. And I'm like, I don't know why. I just can't relax enough to like, let it go. Yeah. Let it go. Fair let enough. Go. But that would be practice that you could do for yourself. Maybe if I practice peeing in the ocean. Then you'd be able to squirt. Maybe. Maybe. But... Here's, it's just that moment of letting go. That's the key. It's mental. Right? I got to ask you this, though. Is there a way to learn on your own without a partner? Yes, of course. Yeah. Yes, yes, the, yes. The satisfier will help with that. The satisfier will help with that. Mm-hmm. Um, I squirt without any penetration. How at the all. heck? I just use my magic wand and it goes directly on my clit and I squirt. No way. Yeah. And it's not like it's not like in the pornos, you guys. Not all the time. Like you're not going to hit the back wall with it. Sometimes you're just going to dribble a little bit, and that's okay too. A little dribble, dribble. Seriously, so some some people actually squirt and they don't even realize it because they'll I... they'll squirt during sex, right? So like, let's say you're riding because I'd be riding, you'd probably be riding, and and you're doing the thing, and then of course you've got a dick in you, so you don't really you're not going to maybe not going to squirt because of that. Because um, it's plugged. Because it's, it's, it's not plugged. It comes out of your urethra, but right. you know what I mean? Like, it, there's pressure there. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. the second that you come off, I've had moments where I'm like, oh, I'm a little bit, you you came a lot, you know? Right. But it's not all come. Some of it is actually squirt fluid squirt. that is just kind of coming out, and it just kind of feels a little bit watery. Right. Right? Because you don't orgasm and squirt at the same time. You can, but you can also orgasm and, and squirt. Then squirt. And- or squirt with no orgasm at all period and it's really just like a nice feeling it's it's, it's just, just a like... nice relaxing feeling it's like i don't know i don't know if <laughs> i think it felt like when my water broke on my second kid like oh, that's, that's the way it feels like but it is lovely like it's a lovely feeling it's like warm a and relief refreshing it's, re- it's a relief it's kind of like really nice but it's not something that i need for pleasure so, at no, all yeah, yeah, yeah like when i have people when i've had people in my past be like i'm gonna make you squirt i'm like oh please don't like <laughs> you don't have to babe like i would rather cream than squirt like i don't want the That's mess 
I would rather cream than squirt. I don't need it. Like me, some people, they love it. They love that feeling. I personally don't need it. I don't mm-hmm. want it. And if you tell me you're going to make me come, rest assured, I'm not going to come for the record. Ooh. That should have been my other rant. Ooh, that is a big rant. Yeah, because that helped that right in your head, right? You get right in your head. You're like, oh, shit. Okay, I was I was almost there, but now I got to go faster. Now I got to make it a big deal. And now I'm like, you're all up here. And you're like, it's gone. And so I, hate, I hate the phrase come for me. Come for me. Unless you edge. So I, I'm, I love edging. Yeah. And I love, you know, being denied, 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 yeah. denied, denied, and then yeah. permission. Right. It works in that case. Yes. Yeah. But when it's right out the gate. Yeah. I'm like. Yeah. No, I'm not going to come for you. Well, that's another. <laughs> come that, for me, bitch. I was going to say that goes along <laughs> with like the whole shave your pubes for me. No, fuck you. I will come for me. I'm going to come for me. Are you coming for me? No, you're not. You're coming for you. No, because most of okay. them come so soon. That, like, that's okay. Yeah. You can come for you and I can come for me. But you're right. In context. In context. Being told you have to come or you should come or you're not allowed to come is very lovely. Yeah. In the right context. In the right context. Yeah. For the sure. subdom. Yep. Which I love. Yeah. I, I, I do actually love. I Edging is one of my favorite things ever. As long as you just don't. I have a joke about it. It's like, edging is not getting up and leaving. Like, no. <laughs> like, like, edging doesn't, it doesn't count if you get up and leave and drive home and never make <laughs> Right. And then, like, come back next week and try again. That's not yeah. how it works. Like, it's over and over and over and yeah, over. Yeah, it has to happen within the session. But right. just, I do think that there's a cool thing with prolonging, prolonging, prolonging. Yeah. And now, some people, it. some people, if you edge them too long, some people with clitoris, if you edge them for too long, it will go away. So be aware of that if you guys like if you're going to try edging, do it, try it, but just understand that in that experiment that some people can only be edged like twice before their body kind of goes into a little refractory. And it, you know, it's just kind of this moment because the thing with with people with clits is that our orgasms are a little I don't want to say they're different, they're relatively the same, but your orgasm is a mental it's a it's a neurological event. Your orgasm actually happens in your head, like any sensation, any pain. Like I feel it. I think I feel it in my arm, but that's actually happening in my head, right? When you get any sort of... The full body sensation. Right. So it happens in your head. You can't really stop that from happening. Um, What was I getting at? What was my point? Oh. What was I saying? Edging. (laughs) Thank you, Sarah. Stopping. What? Refractory period. Edging. Mental. Oh, right. So it's a mental thing. So we think that we're going to feel this like explosive orgasm all the time. But sometimes you can actually have the orgasm and kind of not even register. It's just like, "Mm." (laughs) seriously. So I like a lot of the time, it's like, hmm, what was that? Because I talk to women sometimes and they'll say, I don't orgasm or I don't have big enough orgasms. And they rate their orgasms, which is another thing I don't love. And I try to like scale back a little bit because like, guys, we rate ourselves on so many scales. Like, let's let our orgasm just be. I don't give a shit. Let's let let it be what it is. Just let it be what it is. But it could be anything from um, just getting a little extra wet to feeling just this release, not squirting, but just a release, but not this crazy orgasm to just feeling like you're done. Like, have you ever just been in sex and it's been good sex? It's been great sex. And you don't but orgasm, you're but you're kind of like, I'm good. Like, I'm I'm done. Like, you're quite literally all over your body. You would have to start from scratch to get me there again, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not mad about it. So people confuse that with I lost it to, oh, it must have happened. Because sometimes because it can happen like that. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so wow. 
all the different You're just kinds not of present. Orgasms. Yeah, just all the different kinds of orgasms that you can have. Now, those full body orgasms that we talk about, like our clit, here's a little, here's a little nerdology for you. Our yes. clit and our nipples follow the pedental nerve through our bodies into our brain. And that kind of, if you want to think about like a visual, it gives you like the, the tight, heavy breathing, heart rate goes up, kind of like, like kind of sex, okay? Which is what we're, we think we do. Is what, that's what we think sex is. Our G-spot and our cervix, and we have a couple of little pleasure spots up inside of there, actually follow your vagus nerve, which also is what your anal pleasure follows and your vagus nerve even as I talk about it is the one that calms us and relaxes us it's what deep breathing does it's what we stimulate in yoga it's what we stimulate when we like take those deep breaths so here's your somatic nerdology for you is that if you take really deep breaths we calm your nerves right you calm your parasympathetic nervous system that's your vagus nerve it's this nerve that wanders around your body and it kind of is everywhere and nowhere all at the same time so if you stimulate that this is the bear down. This is the relax. This is the release you talk about when you're squirting. You have to allow that to kind of happen. And that gives you this all over body orgasm oh, yes. because you have this nerve that travels through your entire body being stimulated where your pedental nerve just goes straight, straight up to your brain. Right. Right. So that that one activates your parasympathetic nervous system or your sympathetic nervous system. So you're like, and your, your breath gets heavy and you clench up and you have these like genital orgasms, right? Where your clit is on fire, but your other orgasms are the ones where you're just like, ah, yeah, like, can't feel the toes. Can't even talk. Right. Tingly toes. Yeah. And you kind of, you feel like personally, like I just feel like a wild woman. <laughs> like those are the ones, those are the ones where like, I don't give a shit who's under me. I'm like, <laughs> Eyes up, like rolls in my head. I'm just like, like it doesn't matter. There's no like you don't even. I'm sorry, you don't even like exist right here, right now because I I can't. I'm so in the moment, right? Yeah. But the genital orgasms, you can kind of stay in the moment a little bit more. Maybe perform them a little bit more. We perform our orgasms a lot sometimes. Ah! Right, and not all orgasms are like that. Some people orgasm very silently. I feel really bad. Go ahead. Did you hear about why we yell so much during orgasm? Why? What do you mean? In the olden times or the caveman times, when a woman was getting fucked, essentially you had to like be very vocal and loud so that other men knew that this bitch is getting fucked. When that guy's done, I'm going to go fuck her. It was like a biological thing. Like a, like a, call like a sex a call mating, like, like a, a mating a sex, call a sex call because you know the woman needs to get pregnant right so the more men that come in her yep the yep more... and that's the way it used to be yeah yeah and so women would be we... like they would be like come on because the strongest survive and so... she wanted to have the most virile kids you want to have the kids that survive so you gotta like you jam yourself in with all the cum <laughs> so that <laughs> so that one of them can survive yeah. Anyway, You're like, like, we'll just. I, I wonder, like, yeah, they probably wouldn't have ne- have like been able to know who the father would be. Not at that point. You would just that be like, really well, it doesn't matter. I still, matter. I still got pregnant, and you still spread your seed everywhere. And the thing is, you know, back in those kind of days, and up until we really started like farming, and agriculture came in, and people owned land, and there was a lot of owning and less wandering. Um, 
people didn't care because this is where it takes a village kind of came from because you, a woman would have an offspring and then the village would take care of that. And that still exists in many, many, many parts of the world. Yes. It's just our Western, not just our yeah. Western society, but our Western culture that is all about like, you know, consumerism and the capitalism and the, you know, I own this and da 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 that, you know, you put a ring on it so that you know that you're not feeding somebody else's baby. Oh right gosh. back in the day that is like back in the day like where it kind of all started is when we when we stopped wandering and started settling people were like well if this is my farmland and that's your farmland and I get this woman pregnant but you're off then like whose baby is going to come and take my land at the, like is this going to be your baby that comes and takes my land no I've got to like I gotta like nail her down like Whoa. this one's mine this one is mine to procreate with you go get your own yeah and that's kind of where the ownership of women came from and that's we have internalized that for centuries <sighs> that's so that's the, the whole marriage thing the whole and thing. asking fathers for permission yeah and yeah I mean it wasn't that long things. ago that we were still paying dowries and that's just a really really nice word to say I'd like to buy your daughter Oh my god so I would true. I would like to buy your daughter so I could have sex with her because you're really cool and you've got lots of money and I'm really cool and I got lots of money so I you give me yours and yeah. we can share all of our money and here's here right <laughs> but like I can't sell my body for sex now but back in the day I could sell my 12 year old to you my. sorry this is getting, this is getting I, dark no I love this though. right but and that so. is that's really where it came from we internalize all, all of us do like all humans like it's in us right yes. that is our history and it is kind of how evolution happened I'm sure there are other nuances please don't come at me with the facts like I get it like there's lots of you know other details I'm sure mm -hmm. but that's the general idea of where all that kind of came from and the whole like take my last name thing yep, that's mine yeah. That one's mine. Ownership. Right? So it's a really big deal when a man these days wants to take a woman's name and we don't really get into why, but that's why because it's giving up, you know, your masculinity because now what do you mean your woman owns you? Like that's the underlying current of that, right? And nobody would really come out and say that. They'd say something different. Like, why would you do that? Like, why? Why are you taking her name? Or why didn't she? Like, I took my husband's name, but I hyphenate. I didn't even hyphenate. I just added on. But oh. I kept my last name. Yeah. So I'm technically, I'm a doubt in Haynes is my, is my name. And I won't get rid of my name because it's my name, you know? It yeah. actually took years for me to even call myself a Haynes. Really? Yeah, it did. My firstborn child wasn't a Haynes. I, I named him Dowden, and my husband was fine with that. He didn't he didn't care. Well, we weren't married at the time. <clears throat> but right. so he took my last name, and then it wasn't until we had other kids that I was like, you know what? It would be nice for them to have your name too. But it it was a it was a decision. It was a different kind of. He knew kind of from the moment he got into it with me that it was a different kind of like. You don't own this. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. He knows what he signed up for. He know he I don't know if he knew entirely what he signed up for. <laughs> I think he knows a little bit better now. I think I he learns every day, as do I. I wake up every morning, I don't know who I'm gonna be. It's right? gonna be super fun. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. We went places. A Lots of, of places. I loved that. Um, you mentioned earlier with your rant that your unpopular opinion kind of ties into the rant. Don't hate me for this, but it's time for an unpopular opinion. This one is, um, an unpopular opinion is that in bed with a partner, you should really take from them. Take, take your pleasure. And now the narrative around that is going to be a little bit dicey. So think about this for a second. If you are with 
a person and they're giving you a blowjob and you know full well that they're giving you a blowjob because they think they have to, can you feel the pity blowjob? You can feel it, right? Like you can feel when somebody's just doing something because like they're giving to you. Now it could be, okay, I say pity blowjob. It really could be from the bottom of their heart that they're like, I want to give this to you. Like I'm doing this for you or I'm having sex with you because I know you want to and and they're okay too, right? So this is the dicey part. I'm not talking about like abusive situations or anything right, right, like right. that. I'm just talking like, you know, meh, uh, I might be in the mood, meh, I might not, meh. I don't really love blue jobs, but I know you like it, so I'm going to give it to you. It hits you different when you got a woman who wants to suck the fucking life out of you. <laughs> All right. Like it hits you different when there's a guy going down on me and I know that he's doing it because he read a thing in a book and he's doing these techniques. And I know full well he's in his head going, A, B, C. And I'm like, oh, God, I got to get to Z before I tell him to stop. Like there's a difference than a man going down on you and eating you like it's the last fucking time he's going to have a pussy in his mouth. Like because he wants to be there. There's just something so raw about Mm -hmm. that. Take your pleasure from your partners. Get into it. Enjoy it. Don't perform. There's a thing called spectatoring. And it's when we 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 watch ourselves having sex with our partners or doing something like that sexually. We're in our heads. We're like, how do I look? What's going on? How does this feel for them? What am I doing? But the people who literally get lost in taking pleasure from somebody else are the best givers. They are the best lovers. They will be the best people that you have sex with. So I say, take your pleasure. Stop this giving thing. You know, there's a little thing out there and it says, when two givers give to each other, everyone gets watered. No. Okay. You got to have somebody who's taking. Taking and giving. A little bit. Taking and giving, right? I mean, like, yeah, it's a little bit of both. Don't get me wrong. This is what I mean. Like people will take that and roll with like, oh, well, you shouldn't take from it. No, I get that. Yeah. But like get into it. And if you're not feeling pleasure from something, rest assured your partner is not feeling the amount of pleasure that they can be having in that moment, right? Mm. I can... I can suck a dick rhythmically and I know technically what to do, but if I don't want to be there, or maybe if I even got something on my mind and I thought I wanted to be there, but now I'm like, oh shit, I forgot to, whatever. You know, you can tell. Have you guys ever been in a situation where you're in the middle of something, in the middle of something, and all of a sudden you're just like, are you there? Like, are are you there? Even if it's a kiss, even if it's a hot, even if it's something, you sense that they're not there, right? The people who are taking their pleasure and they, so... In order to take your pleasure, you need to know your pleasure. So for mm. women, we need to self-pleasure. For men, I I think that we need to, you know, scale down. If you watch porn, scale down. And this goes for women, too. This goes for everybody. It, porn is so accessible. Scale the porn back just a little bit. Use your imagination just a yeah, little bit, yeah. right? Just a little bit. Kind of, you know, exercise that a little bit. It's going to help you out in the long run when you're with a real-life person. Like that you have to close your eyes, imagine, fantasize feel their body, feel their tongue. What does their, what do their hands feel like on you? You know, what do you feel in your guts when you, when you see somebody and you really get really, really horny and you really want to like jump their bones, like your whole body can resonate with pleasure before you even touch somebody. Yeah. Acknowledge that and appreciate that and be in that moment. But we're not, we like, we rush through those things sometimes, right? And then when we rush, then we start thinking, oh, well, I'll just, I'll do the thing and I'll do the thing, but you're not actually taking pleasure from them. And then a lot of women on top of that feel like we have to perform. So when you're performing, you're not taking your pleasure 
men feel like they need to perform too in a different way. We talk about it a lot with women, but men also feel like they just need to be pounding and they get really in their heads about that because some people can't do that. They can't maintain their erection. They come too fast. All of these things that we joke about and women are now allowed to make fun of men for, we're, we can't do that anymore either. If we don't want to be talked about that way, we can't talk about other people that way. We, yeah, we need to under, yeah, we need to understand how everybody is in this together. Yes. Right? Yeah. That's so interesting about the pounding thing. Like, it's so true. Yeah. Like, the you bigger don't have the man. To do that. Nope. Big man, big dick, rock hard, pounding for an hour. Like, no. Slow you know, the fuck down. You, that's fun sometimes, right? And yeah. maybe for some people all the time. That's cool too. Like, yeah. don't get me wrong. Everybody likes it differently. But like, if you slow down and I slow down and I take my pleasure from you and you take your pleasure from me and we do things to each other that we want to feel. So like, you know, if I'm with a guy and I want to bite the inside of his thigh, I mean, yeah, I'm probably going to say, like, does that feel good? Because we're all about consent and I understand all of that. However, I'm going to bite your thigh because <laughs> that just gave me pleasure. And if I liked it, I'm going to do it again. Right. <laughs> Unless you say stop. That hurts. And I'll be like, do you like it that way, though? Like, do you like it when it hurts? It depends. But like, I'm going to do that because then that stimulated something to me where I'm like, ooh, I really like doing that. Even if it's licking somebody's wrist, guys, it doesn't have to be anything extravagant no. right but you're taking something from them that you want right. as well as obviously they've given you their consent to have that taken from them by being in that moment with them so it feels really good like when I'm I don't know think about this as like as a woman and you already touched on this like dom sub thing but like when you're had <laughs> is that not the best sex yeah. ever yeah when you know that you're just being taken for that ride and you're like oh. I am your little cum slut. Like, <laughs> yes, sir. Like, it is a, yes. it's a thing. It's a thing. For some people, yes. it's a thing. Now, I might say that and some women are like, no, no, no. That's cool, too. I'm not saying everybody has to be that way. Mm -hmm. I feel like there needs to be a big disclaimer over everything I say. Yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> maybe it's an unpopular opinion. Okay, I was going to say, maybe it's like my, my, my like Instagram trauma, but I'm like, please don't come at me because I get it. Everybody's different. Because like, yeah. I'll, I'll post things and people will be like, I'm not like that. And I'm like, I know that I wasn't talking Everybody to you. Everybody is different. Everybody. This is the beautiful thing about sex. I do not have one answer for everybody. I will also say too, um, so like the whole, like I'm doing this because I like it. You know, like when guys say like, I'm going to do on you because I want to. Mm -hmm. Like there should always be you know, either a discussion or something that's like, well, like you and I have talked about oral isn't the best thing for you and I. Not the best. Like I don't, I was talking in the car actually last night coming home from a gig with some ladies. Like, it's lovely. It's a great warm up. But it's the best thing you can do for me is to do what I want to do, which is just right. lay there and let me do right. the thing. <laughs> right. So that's the thing. I would rather you know? give than receive oral. 100%. Yeah. Getting oral for me is like a back rub. So really, like, in that case, nice. like the best thing a guy could do would just be like to pull me on him. Like right. if he pulled me on him, right. that's him going like now you take it. Like right. you take yeah. exactly what you want. Right. So, you know, but the thing is, you know, if you're with a guy, so if I'm with a guy and he loves giving oral, yeah, maybe it feels like a back rub to me, but you know what gets me off? The fact that he loves giving oral. That's true too. So yeah. like the sensation, if it's not hurting and it's not like hurting my heart and my soul and my brain, and I'm just kind of there, but I see that they are yeah. enjoying themselves. There is nothing hotter and more raw than watching the person that you're with 
in the moment. Mm-hmm. So like if they're going down on me and they are in that moment, I might not allow that moment any longer than 10 or 15 minutes, whatever. You know, it might not be. 15? What? What? <laughs> anyway. Okay. Two or three minutes. Whatever. I I, my, my version is skewed. I don't know. <laughs> but I might not. I say allow, but like I might try to transition that a little bit so I can get a little bit more pleasure. But like it feels good still. And if they are like, oh, and like totally into it and doing things that feel great. You know what? I enjoy the fact that somebody is doing the thing. Right. That's true, too. Yeah. If I was given a blowjob and I was really, really into it and some guy was like, no, baby, I don't like that. Oh, like, no, just let me be into it. Like if I'm into it and it's not hurting you and it's good, like all head is good head. Like if you can just that's not true. But anyway, yeah. that's also, just shaking his head. That over was, there. Yeah, that's also not true. But, you know, like if you're with somebody and they're giving you head and it's not hurting or something's going wrong or whatever, and you can see that this person, this woman, like I will I can come giving you head. Whoa. Like, like I will, like I want to do it. So like, cool. If you can just let me do that, that's amazing. Right? right. And then transition it a little bit and then we move on and then we do, you know, what you want to do. So exactly. It's kind of an energetic give and take. Yeah. It's yeah. a dance. And, but it's important to be in tune. Yeah. With each other and right, yourself. Right, which means you have to stay present, yes. right? Because if you're thinking about what you look like, or you're thinking about what you sound like, or what you need to do, or what you did do, or what your last partner did, or, you know, something like that, then you're not going to be in that moment, and you're going to miss yeah. those subtle cues, right? Them. It's really important to be in those subtle cues. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Woo! Woo! Woo, buddy! Um, I wonder if, let me just see, you talked kind of a bit about oral. Um, Is there? A good way, like I mean, this blowjob stuff. I feel like I've been hearing a lot about, you know, women can never give a good blowjob. I hear that a lot from never guys. Give a good blowjob. I hear that a lot from guys. Like, 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 there's no perfect blowjob for them. What do they want? I don't know. Like, what do they we need a guy what's here? Follow up. What's the follow up on that? <laughs> this is the thing. I just don't know. Like, I mean, I I've never had complaints, but like, you know, is is there a thing where guys are just afraid to say? exactly what to do with blowjobs maybe but i would also be curious to talk to these guys and ask them <laughs> why Richard, no i really oh. i really 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 mean it i wonder where that comes from no no please no you have to you have <laughs> to now the mic? yes please really quick just because just, you, you could say is... something and i'll be like oh yeah that totally makes sense some are better than others yeah uh, and it can be difficult sometimes to tell somebody that they're not doing a good job. Yeah. And the last thing you want to do after you just had somebody suck your dick is be like, that wasn't very good. Right. But what does it mean when they don't, when it's not a good job? That varies from person to, to person. It, it yeah. can be too much teeth. Uh, right. Not enough friction. Right. Uh, just using your mouth and no hands. Right. You know, using too much hands and not enough mouth. Perfect. It's, yeah, it's yeah, very yeah. variable. And like anything else with sex, it's going to be different from person yeah. to person. Yes, 100%. You know, and there's anatomical considerations. Not everybody's circumcised. The foreskin yeah. adds a serious complication. Yeah. Uh, it, it can be... You know, it's yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay, so like, go too deep into those this. Are, it's no, not no, like I was prepared to have this no, conversation. No, I, I get it. No, those are very. That's oh, kind God. of what I was expecting. But a lot of it, though, I just wanted to make sure I was like, like you get a shitty blowjob. You're not going to tell this to the person. Right. right. Nobody wants to hear that. No. But it's a thing that you might gossip about later, which is why you end up hearing these things third hand. I right. hear them all the so, time. So, which actually actually ties in nicely 
with a um, question we got on Instagram from somebody, yeah. which was the best ways or favorite ways to communicate your preferences in the moment right? Um, during sex, because this is a thing. Yeah. If, if we're not communicating, yeah. uh, we are going to then walk away and go, well, that comes, right. and you're going to talk about it with your friends and stuff. Yeah. So is there is there an art to that? Is there a way to that? Yeah. I think the, a little tip that I like to give people is play by play. Play by play works really well. So even like Richard was just saying, like maybe too much teeth or not enough hand or da 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 da, you could say something like instead of oh I don't like it that way, I like it this way. You could say, um, uh, yeah, I really, I really love that you're using your hand right now. Or right. positive reinforcement, positive reinforcement, and just kind of like giving them a little narrative, like oh just grab the shaft, or oh lick the head, yeah. or. Um, you know, I love feeling, I love feeling, you know, your spit dripping down me or whatever. Because then if you say that, then she's going to be like, like, <laughs> you know, she's going to be like, cool, you like that? I'll give you more of that or whatever. Now, if you're in a relationship with somebody and you're getting that, and I mean relationship, even if you're dating, um, there are like, you can talk about stuff like that. The open conversations about sex, this is why I'm here. This yes. is why I want to be here. And this is why I want to do what I'm doing. Because I tell people to use me as a scapegoat all the time. Guys, use me as a scapegoat. Even if I didn't say something on this podcast tonight, you can be like, I heard this sex coach on this sex podcast one time tell me or tell us that a lot of spit was gross or a lot of spit was great or hand was better or da 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 da. Maybe I didn't say that at all, but that's what you like and I'm your scapegoat. So I heard a professional say once that. And then you have this funny conversation with this person that you're with about me an outsider so right. it's not your sex you're talking about uh-huh. it's somebody else's sex because that's easy when you're just kind of dating you want to like get the sex talk out or you you know whatever but yeah. when you're in the moment like it's real it is important to tell people but definitely positively like if there's something yeah. really wrong then you want to wait until after the fact yeah. to have like a conversation with them yeah. Yeah, that's a really good point. Yeah, yeah, just just talk about what you do like. Yeah. And just to touch back on the uh blowjob thing. I love This is how am I I don't even know how I'm going to word this cuz it's kind of like the first time I've ever had to say this. I love that guys are actually saying that blowjob stinks. Yeah. I really am because a lot of the time we talk about how women are not pleasured the way women want to be pleasured uh-huh. and clits are they nobody knows how to pleasure a clit and da 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 but we think in general that men just like their dick sucked that's not always true and yeah. isn't it amazing that now we have men who are coming out and saying that and being like it really wasn't that great because mm-hmm. back in the day, yeah, I mean, everybody's been talking about it forever, but not so nuanced, right? Like right. all I ever heard growing up was, you know, like she bit it off or something, something, but all head is good head. That's why I said it. That was literally like- It's ingrained in you. Right? Mm-hmm. All head is good head, but it's not. All head is was good head when you were like 14 back in the 90s because like- you're getting your dick sucked at 14 back in the 90s like that was super you know so like that's where it came from but men are not told that they're even allowed to have preferences because men are supposed to just be simple easy. well be simple and they like all sex and men are dogs and it doesn't really matter how good it is as long as they're getting it no no everybody likes good sex and everybody wants good sex for them right so that's it i might be with a partner and I'm, you know, sucking their dick and they really love it. Now I go to another partner. I do those same things that I was told I was a superstar for. But new partner doesn't like those things. That's not a bear. That's not on me. 
right? I mean, it's on me to learn, yes. but I don't have to internalize that. No. Right. I can just say, cool. Well, what do you like then? Yeah. So let's work on that together. So when I'm with a new partner, it's like, yeah, this partner did that and they were really, really good at it. That's what I like. Now I'm with a new partner who doesn't do it that way. I'm not going to shame that partner no. and be like, oh, he doesn't even fucking know how to do it. No, guess what? That's on me to tell him. Yes. So like, guys, that's also on you to tell her. And the idea is now that we're having these open conversations, not everybody's going to get butthurt over it. Not everybody's going to take it as rejection. Not everybody's going to take it as such a bad thing because now we're okay with learning different ways of doing things, mm -hmm. right? Not all women know how to give a blowjob because porn is so accessible that everybody just goes for deep throat and they go to do oh, this God, porn style yeah. blowjob and they yeah. don't understand. I had a question come in to me last week and it was an older couple. 58 and 60 years old and she was like I really I, I want to give my husband a blowjob I really never did because in her growing up that really kind of wasn't a thing that women did but she wanted to do it and she was like and I did it for like 40 minutes and my jaw was hurting and da da da, da. and I was oh, like that's a oh long time God. so what that tells me is that she likely they likely kind of learned from porn how to do it what's going on because they were learning together they were you know doing this kind of together and I was like babe you don't even have to take it in your mouth all the way like you can lube up the shaft and just play with the head you can lube up the shaft and play with the balls like oral doesn't have to be deep throat all the time no right? and or because oral for women doesn't have to be ah, all oh, the God. time either yeah, yeah right yeah. like that's not what we want either we want intention you want intention behind your oral Intentional oral. Intentional oral. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I love that. Um, I do want to talk about sex drive mm. because this is an interesting thing that you and I talked about. We kind of touched on it earlier about being kind of low in that area currently. Yeah. I certainly am. I truly, truly feel nothing. Yeah. Like I made a joke last night being like, you could probably put a Thero gun down there. And I still am feeling nothing, right? Um, which does tie into, I think, demisexuality and just the fact that I, I need to be liking someone to be horny. Yeah. This is just kind of a recent discovery. I actually, guys, I'm not liking anyone right now. Right. Shocking news. Um, but because of that, I don't feel horny. Um, and what has your journey been with sex drive fluctuations? Yeah. And all over the fucking yeah. place. Yeah. So we kind of touched on it being tied to mental health. Yep. Yep. So I, you know, I have a I have a touch of depression and that's Just touch. That's when you that's when you know they really do is when they like write it off. I'm like, no, 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 it's not real. It's just like a little bit, <laughs> um, you know, and things like that. So I'll fluctuate during those times for sure. Wintertime is really hard for me, but your mental health really is important when it comes to your sex drive. It's the same. I mean, it's like when I looked at you, you were like, I'm like, you're sad. Yeah. Like we don't want to have pleasure when we're sad. They don't live in the same place, right? In our brains. Like we can't feel anger and happiness all at the same time. We think we can, but they do fluctuate between. You can't be sad and feel horny, like feel want pleasure. That's just kind of not the way it goes. We kind of need to get ourselves into it. However, with all that said, it's just like anything where motivation doesn't come first come pardon the pun but like motivation <laughs> follows the act usually yeah. um but touching on demisexuality like if that's the way that you are then that will be a beautiful exploration for you because now you don't have to feel 
bad about yourself and nobody should feel bad about their sex drive for the record anyway. Um, but you don't have to feel bad about yourself because you're not horny. You don't have to feel so confused about yourself because you're not horny. You just know that in order for me to have any sexuality coursing through my body for another person, I need to have an emotional or intellectual connection, connection with mm-hmm. them first, right? And mm-hmm. a lot of people don't understand that that's a thing. Oh, yeah. It's highly misunderstood. Yeah. It's I'm, people. Some people don't know about it. Well, you know? the thing is, the asexuality scale is so massive. Huge, like, huge. I want you to think of, like, an oversized Rubik's Cube <laughs> and every single one of those cubes divided into, like, a thousand. Like, that's how many scales, that's the, how big the spectrum is for sexuality to asexuality. Like, true full sexuality to full-on asexuality, yep. right? So many things on the inside. We can't talk about sex as, like, definitive moments anymore. And that fluctuates through our lives as well. So that's not a static thing. You could have had a super high sex drive, sex drive in your 20s and then, you know, have all the fucking casual sex and enjoy it all and then something hits you and you're just like no I need more and now we have a name for that right so now we do that now you could experience that the entire time as well it can change it's sort of even like sexuality honestly like our sexuality and our preferences change through life sometimes it's very fluid sometimes sometimes it's not sometimes it is I love that there's no definitive answer yeah yeah for yeah. that right um but sex drive like i've struggled with my sex drive for a little while and funny enough in my job my husband and i had this conversation actually after we, you and i talked that if you do anything a lot it loses its luster sometimes anything and i do sex a lot i talk to other people yeah. about sex a lot i'm inundated with sex all day long all the books i read are on sex all the podcasts i listen to are on sex so it's sex 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 and then when it comes time for me to have sex or my husband want to have sex i'm like i don't want to do the sex like, <laughs> i did this all day i did all the sex all day yeah yeah like the massage therapist doesn't want to give you a massage when they come home from work they nope. don't want to do that they're the like their husbands or spouses or whatever they're the worst patient like they never get the massages right you talk That's to people right. who are any sort of like body work um, so we struggled with that a little bit. I'll be honest with you. We kind of, I'm kind of giggling because we kind of like broke the seal recently. So I think <gasps> everything is like ding, 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 ding. Like everything's back what on course. What did it take for that seal to break? Did um, it take- he quite literally took me by the throat and was like, I'm not going to bed without this again tonight. I'm not fucking kidding you. And I was like, mm-hmm, done. I was like, done. Well, there it is. <laughs> Honestly, we did have a conversation because I said, look, this is not going to happen unless you end up taking it like and like getting me there. Oh, wow. Right. I've got very much responsive desire. Right. So we have spontaneous desire with responsive desire and spontaneous desire is when you um, you can just get horny. Like either you just feel it out of nowhere, which I sometimes do, which is why I took the music on and do the thing and go to the bathroom with the vibrator. Like sometimes and that it's can spontaneous. Be like based on our cycle and ovulation right? and all cycle, that. Cycle, ovulation, mm-hmm. who you saw that day, the dream you had last night, like you got the laundry done, you feel good about yourself. Doesn't matter. Like it can just happen. Or responsive where you really don't feel anything until your body is stimulated. Right? So this is why sometimes I'll say to women who are having a hard time getting their drive back, until you start touching your clit again, your body will continuously be mm. shut down. You kind of need to do it. And yeah. even the first five minutes, maybe you're even there 10 minutes and you're touching yourself and still nothing's happening. Give your body some time to warm up to that. It needs time to be responsive to this Gotta physical touch. the oven. Right. But also you have to allow yourself that time. Um, you know, a lot of people talk about the idea of like, like dating yourself or like having a date night with yourself, yep, you know, like take the night off and like 
have a damn bubble bath and yeah. or um, whatever it takes yeah. for you, right? Whatever it takes like, for you specifically. Yeah. Perfect. Like a uh, perfect example for me is I really love going out alone. I get real, I don't want to say dressed up because I'm not usually dressed up, but like I'll be feeling good and I go to this bar, my favorite bar, and I'll sit at the end of the bar with a whiskey and a book. And I will sit there and that makes me feel like a million fucking dollars. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to be anywhere, but I've taken the time to bring myself into that moment. I'm like, cool, this is where I feel really good. And then I know that that's me courting myself. And I've done something that I really like that I don't do often. So I'm going to go do the thing and then I'm going to go home and maybe I'll do the thing. Oh my God. I generally get horny at one o'clock in the afternoon though. Whoa. That's a specific time. It is very specific. You know what I will say? Between 1130 and one o'clock in the day, I'm like, (laughs) yeah, well, who's around? fucking morning man i don't know what it is with the morning yeah so that's the thing like cycles change like and i don't mean like cycle cycle like mental cycle but like our sexuality cycles change too so if you're paying attention to that then you'll know that if you are horny in the mornings give yourself a half an hour and Mm. rub one out before you start your day Oh my god! because now you can now you rub yourself up but if you feel that or you even know that and then you're like oh i don't have time for that right now you've literally just rejected yourself Yes. nobody likes rejection no so now yeah. the promise that you've made to you, you've broken a promise to yourself the, the oh, promise that no. is i'm going to take care of me and i'm going to like take care of my sexuality now you you know you quite literally stood yourself up because your body told you something and you were like no you're not worth it god damn that's powerful as shit you're I worth it that. baby yeah you are wow. worth it. so don't do stand it. yourself up don't stand yourself up don't stand yourself take up. take those moments right i take my moments between 11 30 and one most days don't don't call don't don't come knocking on the door i'm not gonna dm you during those hours (laughs) don't call me i don't work you on my thing i usually have like a long lunch hour i love that on the subject of sex drive though we did get a question from somebody and i do feel like this is such i actually wrote her back being like this is such a great question for you because i think you'll have insight into this which is how do you handle it when your partner doesn't match your sex drive yeah, so that's a big deal. Did she specify whether she was higher or lower? Because um, that sort of was, depends. Was she low or was he low? He was low. He, he was, was low. low. I'm actually hearing a lot about this. That's another like kind of myth about you yep. know masculine and feminine sexuality is that like men are always horny and women aren't. And it's like I find a lot when I talk to people. It's the other way around. Yeah, it is. It really is. I mean, I don't want to say the other way around, but like. If you actually it happens do, more than we think, it happens more. It's more 50 50 than anything. But yeah. men don't talk about it because non horny men are not masculine. Right. Mm. Right. right. That's right, right. not men are supposed to I be. Fuck all the time. Right. I fuck all the time. And women are supposed to be like, oh, my God, I don't even need it. Right. So we don't talk about how horny we are. Men don't talk about how horny they're not. And we just perpetuate this narrative that's really not true because we're all fucking horny. Yeah. And sometimes we're all not horny. Like, guys, I really wish I could be like, this is how it is, but it's not. (laughs) It's not. So when it comes to like, it's called desire discrepancy. When you have a discrepancy in your desire, you know, conversations, obviously, communication is really important. Um, Finding out why. Has it been like that all the time? So these would be the questions. If that was a couple that came into me. The original, the the initial questions I would ask would be, first of all, like, how long have you been together? When did you notice the change? Was there a change? Was it always this way? So a couple of things that can happen is um, if it's always been that way, that's one issue. If you've been together a really long time, 
that's another thing where just um, routine gets in the way. Yeah. And our eroticism, we always consider that to be sexy or like erotic or dirty, but eroticism is really just your zest for life. And sometimes routine can kill eroticism. Routine can, you know, the mundane can kill your eroticism. Yeah. You just kind of get up, you do the thing, you feed the you're kid, you go to going work, through the paces. going through yeah. the motions. Okay. So yeah. you're, you're not really alive on the inside. So then I, you know, I wonder who, who, who goes to work, who doesn't go to work, who goes at what time, do you guys go to bed together? All kinds of questions. Then there's this moment in the middle where the desire itself we have this baseline of desire. All of us have like a baseline of desire in our lives. And that's how we are, which is how we exist. But when we get into a relationship, we get new relationship energy and it jacks us up. Yeah. And our brains start releasing dopamine and adrenaline and serotonin and all these oxytocin, all these this concoction of just drugs. And it's the love drug, right? And where we fall in love and we do these things and we're all over each other and we're all excited. But then after two or three years... 18 months to three years, that levels off again and you go back to your baseline of pleasure. So I would ask, where is your partner's baseline of pleasure? Like when you met them, were like, I would ask them, I would ask them specifically with the low, how did you find pleasure in life before that? Were you like, what was, what, what did you do for fun? Oh, like, so how did you, right? Yeah. So like if somebody was like high risk, like high adrenaline all the time and now all of a sudden, like even their... Um, fun things that they were doing were all high risk and now all of a sudden their they desire drops, then there right. might be something going on. But if they said to me, well, you know, I, I, I used to read a lot of books and I like to go for walks and like some things that are pretty static and now all of a sudden they're just kind of back where they started, I'd be like, okay, well, all you experienced was a spike and now you guys have to maintain this desire that you have together. So one is high, one is low. When we know why, that helps. Why always helps. And then, okay, what can you give and what can you lessen so that we can get you guys back on track, More right? Enough. So if you want it seven days a week and they want it twice a month, then we can bring you to maybe a let's organize an intimacy night once every two weeks where you know you guys are going to be together. You know that there's you know nothing that's going to get in the way of that. You've got something to look forward to. You've got something to get you, you excited. And then you guys can move forward through that. And so you just try to find the balance and, and the whys. The whys are really important. So it's a hard general question, but the whys are really important. Very, 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 very common. I want people to know that it is very uncommon to have two high adrenaline, high sex drive people and to have two low sex drive people. That polarity generally shows up in our lives all the time. Interesting. So very common. And if they're both very high, I imagine they wouldn't be like that forever you maybe, know, like, maybe, like maybe maybe not maybe it's like they, that they start together and one starts to dip everything changes you know? right it depends how long you're together did you have kids did you open a business did you lose your job did you you know all kinds mm -hmm. of different things can change that but it's not the end of it it there's nothing wrong with anybody right having a i hate quantifying low and high sex drive it's really just different fluctuations it's fluctuate. It's it's it's, it's yeah. like it's like me. It's like one of us. Okay, it's like a woman looking at another woman, going, "You're ugly. You're pretty." No, you don't get to say that. We're all just gorgeous. We're just different. Sex drives are the same. There is no high and low. There's just different, right? Because my high might be like when I'm in my highest sex drive, I could be twice a month. Maybe right. that's high for me. Right. 
right? It's and all maybe relative. It's all relative. And maybe for you, that's low. Mm-hmm. But for me, that's super high because generally I only want it once every six months. So if I want it twice a month, that's my sex drive being really high. So who am I to say that seven days a week is high and four days? You know what I mean? That right. could be low for some people. We can't do that. We can't put numbers on it oh because God. it's all very relative to who you are. So you just need to figure that out. And hormones come into play. Yep. Like, yep. like the hormone thing, like whether or not you're on the pill. Yep. Uh, I've heard things like if you're on the pill for so long, it can take away your sex drive. Yeah, it can. I've fi- found that to be true yeah. because the times that I've gone off the pill, Oof, comes yeah. back. Well, because your body has a natural fluctuation, right? And when you're on the pill and we're on any sort of hormonal therapy, it's kind of keeping you at status quo all the time. But when you allow yourself time to breathe from that, then your body is allowed to like have these fluctuations. So you see the highs and lows. Yeah. It's, uh, I hesitate saying this because I don't really know enough about it, but it's, it's sort of like, some people that I know personally, so I'm going to use a personal story for this, so I'm not generalizing. Um, a person that I know who uh, numbs out with alcohol a lot, right? So they numb themselves a lot, so they don't feel the highs and the lows in their life. Everything is, a, just is just baseline here. But it wasn't until they took that out that they see the highs and the lows that were really, I mean, alcoholism is a big deal, right? But I mean, it was really hard for them to understand that. But it's the same idea is that when you keep yourself at a status quo with anything and you don't allow yourself to feel the highs and lows, if we were happy all the time, we would take for granted happy. Yes. You need to be sad in order to appreciate happy. You need to be happy in order to appreciate sad. You need to feel your hormonal as women with hormones we need to feel those fluctuations to appreciate what they actually do to our bodies and what and how they change us but a lot of us I was on the pill at 14 15 maybe I mean I came off early I say early I was still on it for almost 10 years but I came off when I was about 22 and when I did I went through this numb stage where I swear I was coming off drugs. Like I was just, I had no personality. I didn't feel anything. I was just, I I was numbed out until my body started regulating again. Yeah. And then I started feeling the highs and the lows of my personal cycle. And now I feel my body. Like I know my world. Do you recommend going off the pill? Like, so in my example, like I'm 34, I've been on it off and on for a long time. Right. Probably since grade 11. Yeah. Um, but like I have gone off it. I, I haven't gone off it for a full year. Right. And I would be very curious. So professionally, I'm not going to offer an opinion on right. that. Personally, yeah. I really suggest going off the pill. Oh, okay. Personally. You know what? But now I'm a different breed, Sarah. I free bleed <laughs> with the moon. Like I fucking love it. Like I'm a tough one to ask that question to. I literally like. We got to get to free bleeding. Yeah. I forgot about free bleeding. Oh. <laughs> we have so much to cover, Serena. Yeah. We have so much to cover. Oh, you guys um, are going to know everything. That's fascinating. Me. Yeah. Because I, I do, I do think there's, there's something to that. Yeah. There really is. You get to know My yourself. skin is so much better on the pill, though. Listen, okay, fair. But if you feel a calling to do something, if you yeah. feel, okay, somatically speaking, as an expert, if you feel your body calling to you to try something, follow the calling. Yes. Do it. It's your life. You're the main character here. You don't have to worry about anything else. Do the thing. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to protect yourself when you have sex. What's the worst that's going to happen? couple of years you go oh, oh. even a year you're like oh, I don't like it I'm gonna go back on the pill or I start banging more and I go I should get back on the pill 
because I'm banging more. Or yeah. you can get non-hormonal contraceptive. Ooh, I should try that. Right? Or you can, you know, you can do something else. You can make sure you use condom all the time. You can, you know, yeah. there are lots of different ways. Get an IUD. What's the, okay, we got to get to free bleeding because you, you said it and we have to not forget. Okay, we have to not forget so to go back. we're on to the subject of cycles and hormones and, and all of this. Um, we'll get back to the sex shortly. <laughs> yes. Period break. We're doing a period break. Um, So you don't use anything? No. no, Nothing? Nothing. No tampons, no pads? No. And it's only been recently, let me tell you something. You touched on this earlier since that cervical procedure that I had done in in November. Oh oh my God, we have to talk about this. Okay, so I've had had cervical dysplasia for forever. And I've had a few leap procedures, an electronic loop. um, My cervix gets shaved every now and then to get precancerous cells. I've been there and it sucks. I know, it's a lot. But... It affected me this time a little bit differently. And I say that because the past five or six years of my life now, I've become a lot more in touch with myself, my sexuality. I've kind of opened myself up a little bit more. And a lot of things have kind of changed in my life. I ended up getting, like when they they numbed my cervix, I cried like a baby. It didn't hurt. It didn't hurt. But something emotionally got jabbed and I started crying. So we had the procedure done and it was fine. It's whatever. You know, as women, we go, whatever, I'll get back to work. It's no big deal. Yeah, like go ha- back to the next day. Right? Yeah. I'll do the things and yeah. stuff. So I did. I just went home and 10 days later, I started bleeding and um, I was in the emergency room and there was a lot of stuff going on and um, it was really kind of traumatic. It was a little traumatic. I'm not I'm not um, very dramatic, but it was, it was a thing. I think it kind of hurt my heart. It hurt my feelings a little bit. I, I hurt my own feelings a little bit. Um, And ever since then, I had, and this is when my sex drive kind of started to go down, I had a really hard time being penetrated with anything. So I had a personally a really hard time putting a tampon. And I always use tampons. And I was actually like, I used OB and everybody would make fun of me because I didn't use an applicator because I was even that close, like that close to myself. Like I didn't care. And then I was like, I can't, I don't want to do it. I really don't want to do it. And I really started enjoying feeling my bleed. And it's not heavy. I'm a little bit older now. Everything's a little bit different. Um, I think... A few years ago, it wouldn't have even been possible, right? Like there are some things you got to do it. You got to go out in life and you got to do your thing. Also, my lifestyle um, kind of accommodates that. I work from home. I am home. Yeah. You know, I've got like seven pairs of, you know, black sweatpants that I deal with during that time. I've got some like period underwear. And... Do you do the period underwear? Yeah, I what? do the period underwear. It... Like when I do go out, like I do NYX. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I do. I like it a lot, actually. And like yeah. they're really good. Like they yeah. work really, really well. So I'll do that if I have to go out. Um, but generally speaking, if I'm bleeding, like, I don't know if I can see you anyway. Right. Cause I just listen to my cycle and I don't have to, like, I'm so fucking privileged to be able to say that. Like, I don't have to go anywhere if I don't want to, when it comes to that, I've got the kids home, but I don't work outside of the house. It really is a good time to be kind to yourself. Yes. You know, it's, it's, it's so crazy. Cause I just, <laughs> I just tried to skip my period because I had an insane week. I had four shows in a week. In the middle of those shows, I had a photo shoot for the podcast, which went amazing, by the way. Oh, good. Um, but I tried to skip the period right. by starting my pack early. Right. Didn't fucking work. No. So on the day of the fucking photo shoot, I got my goddamn period. Yeah. And I can tell you right now, I felt bloated. Yeah. I... I had to get into these tight outfits. At one point, my friend Frankie, who is amazing, was like, you should just get down on your bodysuit on your blazer. And, that, and I would just go, no. I j- literally, I'm just I on my that period. story. I saw you, know? you were like, this is not a planned outfit. <laughs> but you looked amazing <laughs> in what you. you posted. But I was feeling like I can't tell you just how like that first 
like my periods are usually like one to three days like no more than three yeah i'm pretty lucky in that and there's a fear of going off the pill where i go you know it won't be that bad we'll see what happens but it's been so long since my body has been free of that right um but also it's like yeah it um it's nice to take that time to be kind to yourself when yeah. if you are someone who has hard periods cramps like i get really bad day one yeah cramps that are just like i'm just hellish yeah hellish on day one yeah like it's i get really sobby yeah. i cry a lot i cry a lot my kids now it's almost like like the little boy who cried wolf if something was really wrong my kids would be like oh there's mom just crying again like i am like weepy all the time but i'm perimenopausal too so it's different right like i'm just a little i'm just i'm just that much older than you that like i'm going through this new this brand new thing right there's another thing we get to go great so so excited so excited so it's interesting that you had that moment with the leap procedure like like, because you've had how many kids do you have I have three kids. Were they all vaginal? Yep. Woo! Whoop, whoop. And nothing happened with that ever. Nope. So well, sleep- do you know what's really interesting? So I had my first baby, and then I had my leap, my one of my leaps. So I had a baby, and then a leap, and then my second baby wouldn't come out. And I said to them, I was like, listen. Like, no, I'm staying in here. Is honestly, it, was it a Taurus? Uh, no, a little <laughs> cancer. Okay. Uh, but I was like, I was like, guys, there's something wrong. Like uh, in my in my laboring brain, I was like, there's something wrong. It just I kept saying at the end of it, it was only I don't want to say only 11 and a half hours, but it was 11 and a half hours of active labor. So Fuck. because my cervix wasn't opening because there was scar tissue on my cervix from the leap procedure, from which is very common. Leap. Oh, God. And it's very common. And they knew that it was there. Everybody just followed procedure. Everything was fine. Like, you know whatever but i kept saying to them like there's something wrong there's something wrong and nobody would check me and nobody would do the things but they were doing the things but they were doing what they needed to do but yeah. you know your own body yeah, yeah, yeah and at one point i just said i was like can you please just cut this baby out like just cut it out like i was so i was exhausted my mom was there she was literally holding my head up i was so tired while i was getting this epidural that didn't work it worked but it was not on time so they went in and they broke the scar tissue so i went from one to six centimeters instantly instantly and so that means for anybody listening who doesn't have babies and hasn't done this is that my cervix went through what's called transition where it opened but it actually didn't it was like held together with an elastic band so when they snipped the elastic band it sprung open and then the baby was there this is like a little bit much i mean it probably wasn't just like that but like a good visual and then the baby's head was there and then as i was getting the epidural because they were like okay you're six centimeters you can get an epidural now i'm like fucking wicked because i'm exhausted i was like bent over getting this needle in my spine and i felt all the contractions and then the doctor left and goes okay you get some rest and your doctor the anesthesiologist lesson said your doctor will be in soon. And I said, okay, thank you. I was like, oh, thank you. And I lay down on my side. I'll never forget watching the anesthesiologist walk out the door. Time-wise, my husband went, I'm going to go call mom and tell her that what's going on. And I went, okay. He walked around the curtain and on my side, I lift up my leg and I went, the baby's here. The baby's here. <laughs> and it was like, there was like a head coming out of my vagina. I was like holding it. I was like, there's a baby in my vagina. <laughs> God. the whole floor like came in the doctor came up with their jacket on everybody was like what the fuck anyway and the baby like came out like they caught the baby and then he had meconium aspiration he had they to go to the it. icu it just came right out just it was just like right, right there i pushed it like once and the baby came out and then they had to take him because he had an infection because he he 
had meconium aspiration because it was in there too long because there was something wrong and I knew it. I knew there was something wrong. Anyway, it happens all the time. Whoa. They did a fantastic job down there. I'm not like saying that nothing, you know, that anything went wrong. That's insane. Yeah, it was crazy. But I just, that's just to show you like how you know your body. So this all Mm. came into it where you were saying like, you know, you tried to skip your period, but you ended up having your period anyway because your body was like, fuck you, we're having a period anyway. Like, this is what we're going to do. Like, just you got to kind of listen. Sucks. Just sucks. It does suck a little bit. But, like, just listen to your body. See what happens. And that's how it only lasted one day. Right? So just do a little experiment yeah. and see. You never know. Listen to your body. Let's talk about dick pics. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> there's no real... Uh, there's no, no real good the- transition there. <laughs> Dick pic is always a good I just have I have kind of all over my notes because we we were talking about how we think dicks get a bad rep. I love dicks. In terms of people make fun of them a lot. Yeah. Or they make fun of dick pics. Right. And how we are kind of pro dick pic. I'm pro dick pic. Sometimes. I don't always I don't want all your <laughs> Richard, Richard sits right I'm up. like, this is a little this is dicey. So d- inboxes are gonna be flooded. But yeah. Um, what's your opinion on them? Okay, first of all. If somebody made fun of my labia, I'd be pissed. So don't make fun of people's dicks. Don't do that. We can't do that. We're not dick shaming anymore, okay? Like, that's not a thing. We're not we're not three-minute man shaming. We're not 30-second man shaming. We're not doing any of that man shaming. We're done with that now because we're adults and we're, we're sex positive and we're just going to, like, enjoy the fact that everybody is different and we can talk about different things. I think dicks are wondrous. I love their shape. I love their colors. I love the veins. I love how big they are. I love the circumcised ones and the uncircumcised ones. I love balls that are big and balls that are little. Like, I just love them. I love them. And I think it's, you know, generally speaking, I think if you talk to a lot of guys who like vulvas, they would say the same thing, that they're just like, cool, I just really love them all. Like, they're great. The people who say that they don't love them all, well, they'll find one that they do love eventually, I'm sure. But like, I don't mind it. I don't get dick pics, for the record. I have gotten one dick pic. And it's, it was a drawing. And he said to me, and if anybody else has gotten this dick pic, and you know who I'm talking about, then you'll know who it was from. Because oh, shit. he's like, we, we first started talking and he was like, uh, I said, don't you dare send me a dick pic. And he was like, I won't. And he sent me a pic and he was like, open it. It's not my dick. And I was like, well, whose fucking dick is it going to be? Anyway, it wasn't. It was like a little drawing that he drew like of a dick. And I was like, ah, ha, ha, you're so charming. And then we started chatting. It was really good in. It was a really good little like break the ice kind of thing and he never did send me a dick pic like it was perfect like it was fine but i don't get them do you get them um okay so (laughs) here we go (laughs) um i have a a hookup buddy Hmm. who sends me them quite frequently but that is the kind of structure of our dynamic right so um it's you know there's consent there like he knows that i won't mind seeing it i've had a few unsolicited ones and those can be jarring Mm -hmm. um but i just think effort man put some a little bit of effort into the that's what it takes for it to be good right if you're gonna take the pick like make it look good yeah i don't like the ones that just seem lazy right (laughs) yeah you know, just kind of lying in bed and the lighting is bad and there's shadows. And Like when I take a picture of my vulva, you rest assured that like I've taken at least 2,500 <sighs> of them before I send the one. Right? I'm like, I got to make it look good. Like, I gotta make you guys sure think we take a lot good. of face selfies. Oh, you have no idea what's in that gallery. 
Yeah. I don't let my kids can't touch my And phone. I will say, vagina photos specifically are hard to fucking do. They're hard to do. They are really hard they to do. They are really hard to do in a way that looks really good. To us. But I, same for dick pics. Right. But to us. Oh, but like, yeah. Get this. I mean, I don't know if there's... Richard, <laughs> Richard, is there a bad vulva pic? Like, if somebody sent you a picture of their, like, vulva, would you be like, oh, the lighting on this is not Oh, great. here we go. I love this so much. As long as it doesn't look clearly diseased. Right. All vaginas are beautiful. Fantastic. See? I feel the same way about dicks, man. I'm like, listen, I we can talk about the shadows and the this and that, but, like, as long as you are, you know... Looking on the healthy side, yes. Then you know, I think we're I think we're pretty good. A good, a, a really like a really nice shiny. No, I'm not even going to tell you guys what I like because they're going to end up in my inbox. No, <laughs> I will say like I've. I mean, I had. Ugh, I'm going to try not to like give this away too much, but I had an interaction with a, a guy uh, in New York a couple of years ago, um, and he sent me like a video of him coming, mm-hmm. and it was wonderful right like epic i do like a i do like a video a good come shot. i like a video because you just you see way more of the whole thing yeah the whole thing and you know that they're turned on sending it to i you? like that moment when oh wait i've never gotten a come shot video i really oh yes i have and i'm lying okay so <laughs> i really like it when i like knowing that there's like because a lot of the time like sometimes the camera will shift and you just know full well that they're so in that moment it's the same idea as taking pleasure from your partner you know that the person who's sending it to you is not performing that they're actually in that moment and you're like that's hot i don't even know what's happening right now but the fact that i know that you almost forgot what you were doing because you were so in the moment shaky right and like you know that they're yeah i think that that's fantastic i think so too yeah so we're not saying send us a bunch of deck pics no but we're also saying My let's not, are not hate open to so anybody. much on dicks because, right. to be frank, uh, why would I? I mean, I shouldn't be hating on it. I want one. Right. <laughs> dicks are beautiful. All cock is beautiful. All cock is beautiful. All yeah, cock I'd... is beautiful. I think it would be a great T-shirt. Do we have merch now? I think we have merch. Ooh, I want to come. I want a merch line. I think it'd be fun. I I would love to touch on. Uh, like one more thing and then we'll get to the last two questions and then we'll wrap her up um the you mentioned that you really enjoy educating fuck boys (gasps) and i would love to just talk with us quickly okay so i might not get a lot of dick pics in my dms but i get a lot of guys okay and i get the ones a lot of the time that are they think they're gonna hit me with shock and awe Right. Because it, it might work on the average woman. And I get that. Right. A lot of a lot of these guys are not in it to court you or woo you. They are literally in it to just shock and awe you because they get off on making you uncomfortable. OK. Yep. Some people. So that the, truth. the people who are in my inbox who are doing stuff like that, they'll say something to me like, um, oh, I don't know. I could post a picture or something and they could be like, oh, I'd love my I'd love to see my cock between those tits or something. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know who they think they're talking to, but I'm like, oh, cool. So you like tit- titty fucking? <laughs> and they'll be like, yeah, baby. I re-. And they're trying to like dirty talk me. And they're like, yeah, baby. Wouldn't you like my cock between your tits? And I'll be like, well, no, I, I don't. No, I don't want to. But like that feels really good, right? Like doesn't it feel so good when you feel like the softness? And then like you know that that person really trusts you to be that close to their face and you're about to come. Like that's an amazing feeling. And they'll be, and I can almost hear them stuttering like, yeah, yeah, it is like an amazing feeling. And I'm like, yeah. 
like, have you ever been with a woman who let you like come on her neck or anything? And they're like, yeah, baby. So then they're back. Yeah, baby. I'm like, didn't that feel amazing that that person like trusted you so much to be there? And, you know, like this would be a really, that would be a really great thing. I mean, I think that more people should kind of be that way. We'll have this conversation. And then the the next thing I know, like sometimes they disappear, right? Sometimes you got the people who are just in it for the shock and odd, they disappear and they're gone. But then there are some that are still there years later and we still have these back and forths. And now it's like, hey, Serena, what do you think about this thing? Because I was going to like, I really like this, but I'm not sure if they would like it or da, 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 da. And I kind of like change the narrative. Like, you're not going to get me with your fuckboy bullshit. Like, just come at me with a question and I'll answer it. Or hopefully, maybe I've just educated you enough that instead of just coming at me, you're asking me questions yes. now. And you want to know something. Mm-hmm. And you know that it's okay. Because again, it's that persona of... Um, I'm the guy, I'm going to penetrate you even with my words, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to like get into your vulnerability, get into your vulnerable state and penetrate you with my words. And that shows my prowess. It shows how powerful I am because I'm a man and I can do that and make you uncomfortable. But if I don't allow them to make me uncomfortable, and there's not very many people who can, then you either disappear out of my life when you're blocked and that's fine. Or we sit down and we have a conversation and maybe I've helped the next vulva. Like maybe, right? Or the next fuck boy. Because maybe now he's the guy who's in the dressing room and these guys are saying these same things. And then he says something like, yeah, but you know what, guys? Like uh, the clit's actually not that hard to find. <laughs> right? And then they'll be like, what do you mean? And be like, yeah, it's like right there. It's like this wishbone thing. No, they wouldn't really get into it. Like, I don't know, maybe. But like instead of going along with the narrative of the that stereotypical you know, quote, male locker room talk, like maybe now somebody has a little more knowledge. Maybe I've given somebody that safe place to actually ask a question without having to feel like a dickhead asking it. Because Mm -hmm. a lot of guys will tell me like they just feel like an idiot asking because guys are supposed to know everything. They don't and they're not supposed to know everything. So now I've given them that chance and that opportunity to come at me, let that wear down a little bit. And now they're now there's this beautiful little back and forth where they're like, yeah, well, I really do like actually coming on girls' faces, but like I feel really bad like when I do it, or like nobody really lets me do it. And I'm like, well, do you know why? Yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's a really vulnerable thing to do, and like that's a really vulnerable place for a person to be. Actually, technically, lying on your back, open with all of your organs open, animalistically, like it's a very vulnerable place for any animal to be. Most animals that we know have all fours and all of their heart and everything is down on the ground. It's protected. Humans are the only people who are up. So when a woman or a man or whomever is lying on their back and there's another human on their chest with their dick in your face, that's a really vulnerable place to be. Of course. So you kind of have to trust what's about to happen and how they're going to react to you after the fact because then we have that persona of like only sluts do that. So is, are you going to look at me in a different way after the fact? Mm-hmm. I had a guy once actually do that to me. And the next day he asked my permission and we were good. We were high on mushrooms. It was amazing. <laughs> and we were good to go and we were dating and everything was great. And we would do the thing. And then afterwards he said, um, the next day we got in the car. I'll never forget. It. He was mortified. And he was like, I'm so sorry I did that. And I was like, what? I didn't even know what he was talking about. And he was like, the thing, the coming in on the face thing. I'm so embarrassed that I even asked you to do that. And I was like, don't. And that just shows that like even that stigma is in in his head too, right? We're like, we were doing it. We were in the moment. But afterwards he felt shame. Yeah. Because that's the thing that you do to the sluts in the porn. But it's not. That's the thing that you can do to anybody as long as everybody's cool with it. And everyone, and everyone wants everyone's on board. 
do it up, man. Like, it was a consensual experience. Have fun. Like, have fun with all of these things. Like, yeah. I really don't think there's one sex act that you shouldn't do as long as everybody's cool with it. Can have at it. There's a few sex acts you're not supposed to do. Again, Jesus yes. Christ, don't come at me. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Big here. asterisks on this right? whole episode. Jesus Christ. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. I I love that. That is so true. And like, what they say, what you're saying about the belly. Yeah. Cats lay on their backs and expose their belly to people they trust. Right. 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 It's yes. Exactly. No, but it's like it is, it's a, it's a tough place, right? It's a tough place to be, to have all of that open. It is. There's a, you know, like so in tough. yoga, when we do like heart opening poses, those are some of, sometimes the hardest ones to do because it's really hard to like even get your body in that position, but it's because we're so used to kind of protecting ourselves this way that we don't generally walk around with like our chest out and our heads up. Anybody, we kind of make ourselves smaller when we're in society, kind of you protect yourself. It's not until you feel comfortable in somebody's energy, do you really, even your body language opens up right if you look at somebody who's like really kind of nervous or they're shy like they'll sit down like with their arms closed they're quite literally like protecting their heart right and if you have your shoulders back and your chest out even if you don't it's like fake it till you make it sometimes if you walk around like that then you'll start to feel that way because you'll understand that you don't have to feel so vulnerable because nobody's there to hurt you right bam bam we're learning the things sex and sensitivity guys so important come see me um some other instagram questions i love this one it's kind of a good one to to get to know you a bit more Ooh. personally like we um, haven't talked about all the personal things tonight yeah seriously though now it's time to get personal um what is a kink that surprised you that you have like something that you figured about yourself that you were like i never thought i was into that hmm I mean, over the years, many things, right? Because I've kind of progressed. Like I talked about the porn, you progress. So like I kind of progressed in my kinks, but oh, fill some space. Let me talk. Let me think about that. I'm I'm actually, what's yours maybe? Um, being, okay. (laughs) You know what? No, I got one. I got one. I got one. one? Well, definitely pain. I'm going to say pain. Yeah. Like hardcore pain. Okay. Yeah. Hardcore. How hard are we talking? Like bruised. Like I like to be bruised. Like I like the feeling of it and not necessarily, not, not that I don't like it in the moment. I like it in the moment, but I love the aftershock. I love waking up the next day and seeing the marks. Ooh, that's, that's what I like. Yeah. And that is one that is. And you got to trust somebody to really you do that really to you. Tr- yeah. I mean, I see it all the time happen with casual sex where like girls are walking around with these bruises. Oh, I've And got they're just like, stories. look what I have here. Like, and they don't seem. Yeah. It's... I got a story about that. Ooh, or a couple of stories. So I have a, a friend of mine. Um, she did not give me permission to tell this story, but I won't say anything, any, anything big. But anyway, she met with um, a man from Tinder the first time she was with a man since her divorce of like 15, 17 years. And they talked about rough sex and all the rest of it. And that was fine. And she thought that she wanted it. And then she got into the moment and he like, he like punched her in the head oh, God! and like did these things. And she kind of didn't know. She oh, thought, she thought she had asked for it, right? Yeah. Because she was That's having these the conversations and mm-hmm. she was a newbie and she kind of, we, you know, sometimes it doesn't matter your gender, you guys, if you're going to participate in any sort of hard, harder play when it comes to sex, anything different outside the box, outside the norm, anything that you're questioning, 
do your research, ask the questions, contact some people, have the conversations with people just so that you know what there, there are, there's even a limit to that. Right. So like hardcore sex is one thing. And if somebody wanted to punch me in the head, that's cool. But we would probably have a super in-depth conversation about how that would happen, where that would happen, where on my head you're going to do that at what point. Like these are the conversations you have when you're in a long-term relationship. Well, long-term relationship doesn't mm, a trusting relationship. Um, any sort of kink relationship, yeah. okay? Because you can have a kink partner who's not your long-term not relationship, true, right? True. But you've had really, really in-depth conversations about your BDSM practices, um, your safe words, your this, your aftercare, and all of those things. So this happened to her, and then he came. So he fucking like donkey punched her in the back of the head, came, and then looked at her and said, "You deserve a shower. I'm going to call you a cab." And she was like, "What the fuck just happened? Like, what the you fuck deserve just a shower?" I'm going to call you a cab. Yeah. So it was tough, right? That was a really hard place for her to be because technically she will tell you that she kind you know, she wanted it. She really did want it. She just didn't she know. Didn't know what she, was, she didn't know she was getting issue. into. And it happened right? to me too. Yeah. With my whole like me too experience, which was I was in an experimental time in my life and I was like trying to be the sub that I read about you know right I was trying to do the sub thing oh I'm, I'm into being a sub so I'm going to do the sub thing and just yeah. let things happen and not yeah. say anything and then a limit gets pushed yeah and you go well I should be liking this but I don't right now how do I get and out then of you it? have that after moment of like yeah technically I didn't say no right but it wasn't discussed beforehand right and that's kind of still that's still non-consensual you right. know yep we have to remember that as well. And that is, can be tricky to. It's tricky out. because if it's you don't, like tricky. if you, if you're going to play out a scene with somebody and you're in, if you're really doing that, um, you know, technically, and you're going to play out a scene with somebody and you lay things out and you do not, and you say, um, maybe there's like consensual non-consent. Maybe you say whatever you want, sir. And if you say to your dom, yeah. whatever you want, you're in that dynamic. You have a safe word. You should always have a safe word. Did you have a safe word? No. Okay. This was so. This is the point, this, right? Like this was a such a casual right. relationship. So these are the I moments. Was so done. Like I was. I. I mean, I'm not going to shame myself for it, but like right. I. I was. I did. I didn't know. Yeah. I was very confused. We don't know, right? We don't know, and yeah. that's the thing. So a lot of the people, again, gender non-specific, but a lot of the people who are coming in as dom, also don't know they're just fucking playing out 50 shades and it's dangerous because they just don't know what's involved in being a A dom dom or a top right so some people i remember being with a man one time and he was going he was going to belt me he had a belt and we were going to play with a belt and i remember at that moment i turned around and i went okay well this is my safe word and he kind of looked at me like whatever yeah okay whatever and i was like this is going to be dicey now i trusted him i allowed everything to happen and it was fine but in that moment, I was like, mm. I'll never forget that moment in time. The relationship continued for a little while. But that moment, that fucking second, I was like, that's not, no, that's not, that's not how this goes. Like, you need to listen, right? Like, this is not just like a cool thing where I'm trying to tell you off. Like, we should have had this conversation beforehand and I'm going to have it right now. And it, everything was fine. Everything worked out great and, you know, la, la, la. But you got to have your safe word. So What's a good everybody safe out there. Whatever rolls naturally off your tongue. That's another thing. If I've had a couple of people ask me, 
Um, and I'd love to hear from people who are in BDSM relationships as well. But I think that a really good rule of thumb is to get your sub to pick their own safe word. So a lot of doms will come in or a lot of people who want to dom will come into my DMs and say, you know, how, um, what safe word should I use? Um, or I'll tell them my safe word. And I said, but it's not your safe word. It's not your safe word. It's their safe word. So I get the idea, uh, in context, I understand that, you know, some people are like, I'm more experienced, so I will help you along, and this is the safe word we'll use, right? And that right. sounds great. They're taking in, control. Right? But, and it sounds good in concept, like in theory, but the thing is, if you tell me to say, um, you know, white claw, that doesn't roll <laughs> off my... Maybe we shouldn't say that. Maybe that's not a good promo for white claw. <laughs> um, I you, love white claw. If you say, like, word. keyboard, that's not that doesn't roll off my tongue it's not my word right Right. so ask yourself and you can even you can be dumb about that you can say you need to pick a safe word and if she goes well i don't know you need to pick a safe word so you're still dominant you're still in your role and you are telling telling them you are giving your sub a directive that i really like that right so that can be sexy and it can be very sexy so that's just that little thing and not only that that then requires you as the dom to have such control because that's what we require in a dom to have so much mental control that they can stay in the moment they can't get lost in their moment because they need to be listening for your word if you give a dom your safe word as far as i'm concerned that is really hot because that means he has no choice but stay for me, it's a he has no choice but stay present in the moment because he has to remember my safe word. And I need to trust that he's going to remember that. So for me, that is a huge turn on because he has such control over himself that he's able to do that. I go in subspace. I'm sometimes nonverbal. You're not going to get much out of me until I'm done. Like, don't ask me to like, remember what you just said. I'm lucky I can get out what I need to say. Subspace is a really big deal. We got to remember that. Is subspace the after no the during the during space the during the during space when you're in that mode yep yeah when you're in the mode and it could be different for everybody you know like some people subspace is very um uh, you're able to give directives and take directives and they're able to kind of work some subspace is literally like you're just their play toy right oh yeah and your your brain you go into this like adrenaline endorphin rush where whatever's happening to you for me it would be, you know, in that moment, it would be the pain that I'm in this endorphin rush of like, just in that moment that I'm not going to remember that you told me keyboard, I can barely mutter a word, you're just going to hear my safe word and you need to be listening. So you need to be paying attention to my cues. That's really hot. Really, really, even though it goes against what it is, but the sub, and I've said this before, people tend to disagree with me, but I'm like, I know it's sub dom, but the sub kind of has all the overarching control. control. All the control. Because they're saying, I'm allowing you to do this. Right. Exactly. I'm allowing you to treat so me this So that way. is the indicator of a very healthy Health. BDSM relationship. Yes. Is when the dom understands that they are giving the directives, but that their sub is actually in control of themselves. Give or take. Do you know what I mean? Again, very nuanced, but like that sub has control over that scene. The second my safe word comes out, you don't get to touch me. We can take it away from you as soon as we want. Yeah. And the thing is, most doms will appreciate that. Mm -hmm. A real one will appreciate that. If If you're with somebody who doesn't acknowledge that you need that safety and doesn't acknowledge that you need that security, then you may want to rethink or reevaluate the type of relationship that you're going to be in with somebody. Yeah. They need to really respect that. Somebody who knows a BDSM relationship 
will know that you asking or requiring or demanding a safe word is just the way it goes. That yep. is that is baseline, basic 101. Yeah. First things first. First things first. Talk about safe word. Talk about scene. How are we going to do aftercare? Oh, aftercare is so important. So important. I think it's left out so much. It is. And when somebody is in subspace and then somebody just gets up and leaves, (sighs) that is a really, that can be a really dark place to be in for a little while. Yeah. That was me for about a year. Yeah. With somebody. And yeah. It's very traumatic. It it gives you deep, deep wounds. That's a conversation for my therapist. Right. Um, (laughs) Serena, is there anything we didn't touch on that you'd like to touch on? Yeah. Touch. Touch. Well, no, I think that we had a lovely conversation. We, I mean, we covered so much. I mean, I would love to have you back on again. I would love to dive into confidence and like body image. Right. But yeah, almost, we talked about a lot of that stuff too. Yeah. I'm kind of thinking I might want to bring you on with somebody else for that one and have kind of like a round table. Yeah. I'm just having kind of thoughts in my head right now where I'd like to bring you back for that subject on its own. Yeah. Because uh, that's a whole, that's a whole thing. Yeah. Uh, but like, my gosh. Thank you so I had much. I so much fun. This is so great. The The last question that we had is really funny. I just wanted to end on this one. Uh, I had a friend write in and said, what do men stop eating pussy after three months? <laughs> because you don't tell them to keep going. <laughs> As the bird, you don't tell them. Just fucking tell them. Be yeah. like, you need to eat my pussy. You got to get in there. You got to get in there. Wait, uh-huh. maybe he doesn't like it if your pubes are not shaved. Maybe you're doing something wrong. Oh, okay. no, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. That's not true. That's not true, but is that true? Like, do do um, do you guys have that experience? I I mean, I've just I, I haven't even gotten to the three month part, right? <laughs> with somebody, I feel like it's probably the same thing with blowjobs. I don't know. Like, there are mm. some people who just don't love giving oral, and they do it because they, you know, the adrenaline is high, and they want to kind of do all the fun, pleasurable things. And then after a while, you just like I said, you go back down to baseline. So, like, where's your baseline of what you really like to do? And then you kind of figure it out, and then other things have become intentional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I don't, I mean. That could be again. it. Or they just suck. Or they I don't suck. Know. So, you know, the other thing is if if you're with a partner and you are constantly either unimpressed, rejecting, or telling them they're doing something wrong, rest yeah, assured they are not fine. going to try again. That's not going to help you right? in the long so run. So we need to be really careful on how we approach our partners. And not, and not, and like, I, I, I can be the biggest one, but we have to try not to man hate. Let's just try. Yeah, there's no man. I won't let you. Let's just try. And you and Geneva both keep me in check with that. Yeah. Let's just try not to. Except when I'm on stage doing stand up. That's different. Uh- <laughs> That's different. I can save it for then. Yeah. But honestly, Serena, thank you so much for coming on. This was like so wonderful. Oh, I loved it. This I feel so like I didn't fun. talk about like what I do at all. This was so refreshing. I really like, love it. I mean, I did, but usually, sometimes I'll just get on and it's very clinical. I'm like, I'm, I, I don't need something that's You just want to chat about sometimes. the things you, you're, you know so much and you have such a wealth of knowledge and the, I learned so much tonight too. It was so great. So I want you to take over and tell everybody where they can find you, what can they look forward to from you? What do you yeah. have coming up? Just, just. Okay. Well, uh, well you can find me on Instagram um, on, at uh, Serena underscore Haynes. Hopefully not shadow banned. <sighs> I'm always shadow banned. You guys, if you want to like, like and share and comment and, and uh, uh, all the things, that would be great because the algorithm hates me. Um, and I'm going to start doing videos soon. Uh, Twitter too, but don't follow me on Twitter and SerenaHaynes.com. 
Do you have any workshops or events coming up? So August is anal August. And <laughs> we didn't talk about anal at oh all. Oh my god, we didn't even get in that. Anal's you my favorite. Back. There's too much oh, to cover. Anal's my favorite. So anal August, I'm gonna be doing anal one oh one. Uh just the basics on how to get started in anal. Um you know, what that what that is, what it means, how it's not as painful as it sounds, and it doesn't have to be the way that you think it is. Uh, it's one of my favorite kind of sex acts, honestly, for everybody. Um, our anuses, like we all have an anus. So it's like the equal opportunity orifice. So everybody's pleasure feels very similar. Interesting. In those yeah, areas, yeah, yeah. right? Like, I don't know what it's like to get a blowjob. My husband doesn't know what it's like to get his clit sucked, but we sure do know what it's like to we play sh- with anuses. We share a butt. We share a butt. So we, we can butt. kind of like play with that and like, you know what sensations you like and you can give. Anyway, I digress. So that, that's coming up in August and um, I'm actually planning a retreat in October. No way. Oh, what's it's the... so brand new that I just said it out loud what's, for the first the time. Retru- Is it a witchy trip? It, retreat? It, I would love like a witchy, witchy retreat. Sort I would of, do that sort with of you, kind of. Serena, I let me tell you, if you were like, we're gonna go and we're gonna free bleed under the moon and we're gonna we're gonna touch ourselves together, I would fucking do that. Okay, you're gonna write the copy for it because that's quite <laughs> almost quite literally Shut what we're gonna do. Shut up. So the idea is we're gonna I'm gonna get a little retreat space and I'm gonna have like eight to ten women and I have a Volvo Revolution. So I do Volvo oh, Revolution yeah. and I've been doing it for a really long time, but COVID got in the way. So that is a, a, a workshop where you come in and we vulva gaze we look at vulvas we don't look at each other's vulvas we you look okay, at your own your own right so it's to get to know your body so we really kind of didn't delve into like the somatic side of like my work but getting to know your body is really important right if you don't love your house you're not going to invite anybody in so you've got to get to know your own body first and appreciate it and love it for the beauty that it is so we vulva gaze and that's really really important and we do breast massage because it's a really important part of your body as well so vulva revolution doesn't involve any self-touch or pleasure or anything like that it's a three-hour workshop and i do those randomly throughout the year but this retreat is going to be a little bit different so we're going to come in and we're going to do some um, getting to know one another we're going to do a little bit of naked yoga pardon me we're going to do uh, vulva revolution but then we are going to transition that into a little bit of pleasure exploration so it's going to be it's going to be a lot yeah it's going to be wild to say the least so it's going to be one of those things and I'm hoping to do it Um, I have a beautiful spot in mind that I'm really hoping to do it where we have to kind of travel to get there and then have some um, outside is kind of private. So hopefully we could like get outside under the moon and maybe like enjoy ourselves. So it's a little witchy. It's a little sexy. It's a little yoga-y. And we're going to eat some food. And there's like a a brewery down the street. So we might go have some beers too. That must be an empowering experience as a woman to do something like that. Yeah. So I'm really, really excited to do that. Yeah. So I just said it like for the fucking first time out loud. I love it. I love it. So I've been like, I've got like the notes and all the things done. So that's going to be a really big deal. So uh, the first, second week in October, that's going to be planned. So if anybody wants that, you can get in touch with me. SerenaHaines.com. SerenaHaines.com. Got it. Yep. Go get it. SerenaHaines.com. Find out what she does. Do... And just follow Serena because yeah. her Instagram is amazing. Thank you. And interact with the fucking content so it doesn't get hidden. Yeah, so it doesn't get hidden. I thank you so much. Thank you for being such a badass, amazing woman. Thank you for having me. You're a badass, amazing woman. Oh, my God. Thank you for having me. This is a really big deal. It's not, I mean, I know that you have like a, you know, you guys talk about a lot on this podcast, but it's a really big deal to have sex just openly talked about. 
so yes. much, right? And in a long form format, which I think is so important because we need to get the context around everything. Right. Exactly. We do. Fucking <laughs> asterisk, asterisk, everything. Asterisk. Like it is. <laughs> so it's many a lot. Notes. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. And I love the questions, you guys. Like I can do like I do um every Tuesday I have an anonymous forum on oh, my yeah. Instagram yeah. in my link tree. And you can go on there and you can submit anonymous questions. I can't see anything. It's just a type form, anonymous thing. So you can put in all your questions there. And once or twice a week, I'll answer those and sometimes live on Instagram. And if you want me to contact you, put your information in there. Because there are some some questions that are more in depth. More in depth. That'd be really nice I came to, to you with you one when we first met. Remember that? No. Oh, well, when did you? Oh, we'll talk after. The- oh, okay. <laughs> I, I messaged you about a situation and you were just like, this is out of my wheelhouse. I can't. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I will be the yeah. first to tell you, like, yeah. if you come to me and you ask me something, I would be like, that's not me. You need to go to your therapist. Which is good because you can direct people. Yep. Or you need to go to your medical practitioner. And you're still normalizing talking about these yep. things and people yep. coming forward and stuff like that, yep. which is so great. Yeah. You're just amazing. Thanks, I love you dear. so much. Thanks, baby follow Serena and follow Intoxicated Podcast everybody we're back we're here we're doing episodes subscribe um you can follow uh Intoxicated on Instagram Intoxicated Podcast subscribe wherever you listen leave a review please because it's been a long time and it would be nice to uh get that back up and running and we're gonna end the episode in the way that we always do with Serena you get to ring the bell I love ringing the bell we did it! Yay! <laughs> Good job! We're done! Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan, co-produced by Sarah Nicole, and brought to you by the messiness of life.